1: And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
4: It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network.
2: and Greg Giannotti, it's Boomer and Gio on the fan, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network. And we have you on the free Odyssey app. Good Wednesday morning. Talked about it yesterday that there was some snags, major snags with Carlos Correa and the New York Mets and how the Twins were getting involved. Well, yesterday after our show, it is now official. The Mets deal with Carlos Correa is dead and he is now signing with the Minnesota Twins. I am bummed about it. I was so fired up that morning when I found out about Carlos Correa potentially being a Met and agreeing to terms on that deal. I thought that the San Francisco Giants had cold feet and backed out because of the way that their offseason had gone. I really didn't think there was going to be a real problem. And I had dreams of Carlos Correa in a ticker tape parade down the Canyon of Heroes. And now that is gone. But... With everything you read, everything that went on with the Giants, Steve Cohen I know wants to spend money and really love the idea of Carlos Correa as a Met. So if he passed, that means that something was seriously wrong, in my opinion. Good morning, Boomer. How
5: are you? All right. Good morning, Jay. You know, a couple of things. You know, I think we were talking about it last week, about how Carlos Correa and Scott Boras got to be realistic about these long-term contracts, given the fact that he's got a plate in his ankle, and how these teams were not going to be able to ensure the length of those deals. There was just no way. So, you know, it, when, you, when you look at it... it at it in totality. Now the Mets are still spending about three hundred fifty-five million dollars on their roster this coming season, and they kept their own guys. You know, they kept Brandon Nimmo and they kept uh, Edwin Diaz, and then they brought in Verlander. So it's not as if this is a you know money saving thing. We all know that it's not that because the Mets, you know, basically wanted to guarantee half the contract, and then the rest of that contract would be on a year by year basis, essentially depending on you know played appearances, time out in the field and everything else. They just I'm telling you, these insurance doctors or whoever else we're telling them well, we we think this is a six year potential problem. And then after that, you know, it's uh, you know, we're not we're not buying into this. So, we'll do it. we'll back you for 6 years, which is essentially what the Mets offered Carlos Correa. They said, "Okay, we will we're going to give you this money for 12 years. We'll give you two two now for six years guaranteed and then the next six years would then fall under the certain parameters that you would have to meet as a player in other words you'd have to bet on the health of yourself
2: right well let me ask you this because this is something you bring up all the time about you know a player owing it to the union to be able to get out and get the top dollar in the free agent market now this is something i thought of yesterday I think Carlos Gray would have preferred to be a Met. I really do believe that. I I do. I agree. And, And the totality of the deal, if he had finished it and finished it healthy, was the most amount of money they could have made in a New York Mets uniform. However, if he would have accepted a deal that was not guaranteed and the least or not the highest amount of money guaranteed... The union would have been so pissed off at him because it would have set a new precedent with injured players or guys who have had injuries in the past. And there's no way that Scott Boris, the union, Carlos Correa was going to do
5: any of that. You're you're, you're exactly right. And that's why he took the 200 million in the first six years as opposed to the 157.5 million in the first six years. From the twins. So the twins are paying him more money per year in the first six years of that contract. And then there's a vesting option where the totality of the contract is actually less than what he would have gotten had he stayed here with the Mets, but I don't necessarily know that they would have written a contract the way that the Twins did. So in all in all, I mean he took the most money in the shortest period of time. I don't blame him for doing that. Um, you know, he's got to get his when he gets a chance. Um, but overall, the totality of the money, if in fact he stays healthy, would have been more had he been here or had the Giants even come down this road and offered something like this. So I, I don't blame him. I certainly don't blame the Mets. The Mets, you know, did everything they possibly could to keep him here. And I think he wanted to play here. But when you look at the AAV and you look at the numbers uh, of 200 million compared to 157.5, that's a significant number for a player, especially a player that's dealing you know, now by the way, he still has to pass the physical. You know, in Minnesota, which yeah, but I think apparently a lot well. of
2: that was done. It was tweeted out that the ankle issue was cleared at that point by the Minnesota Twins, yeah. so this wouldn't happen again. But you know, I like did <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what he's got a plate in his vejankle. Oh, uh, do you remember that whole thing? You probably don't remember the vijankle do you? Uh, vejankle? No, I don't. You said <laughs> it. Mean, yeah, I, obviously. Yeah. I don't know if that said he put those together. I'm no, not no. sure. No, it was a thing. I actually was a, It was a show that I watched. And I forget that it was... Uh, Mr. In Between was the name of the show. And in the show was a comedy show. And the guy had a... A vijankle, that's right. No, he had a foot fetish. Oh, oh. And he went out to one of the sex stores and bought this... Oh, yes. Vajankle. Vajankle, So he could, you know... Sharks, you've heard of foot fetishes.
6: (laughs) And you've heard of vaginas. What
2: if I combine the two? Sharks.
7: Vajankle. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, uh, he
2: might have had a plate Uh, in his vajankle, and that's why Steve Cohen ended up passing on Carlos Correa. Look, it's, it's, it's a deal that, you
5: know, and I'm sure that I mean, listen, Correa had a good year, a decent year in Minnesota, got off to a really slow start there. And I'm sure he liked it there. And I'm sure he liked the group of guys that were there. Um, and I'm sure that that team was really disappointed that he was initially going to go to the Giants and then the Giants pass. Then he comes to the Mets. And then the thought that he was never even going to go back to Minnesota. And, of course, all of the reports out there that uh, Boris put out there that he had another team that was a legitimate suitor, obviously turned out to be correct. And the player has to do what's in the best interest of himself and his family. And I think that's really what this comes down to.
2: Yeah, and I saw a lot of Yankee fans that were celebrating this yesterday going, oh, is Steve Cohen still the king? Are the Mets still the team in New York? And all these things because we were so excited about Carlos Correa being signed. So I think that where you can criticize the Mets is Steve Cohen probably jumped the gun a little bit on that trip in Hawaii, assuming that the San Francisco Giants were probably backing out for illegitimate reasons and said, I'm going to go and scoop him up because he's the missing piece. And it seemed to be a little bit, I don't know, ahead of where he probably should have been mentally with Carlos Correa physically. You'll no, learn. Yeah, and, and then also, I think maybe you can criticize a Met fan or someone like me that was screaming about it being so happy, not waiting to see how the, the physical played out because of what happened in San Francisco. But to sit here and think that, Steve Cohen now is going to be frugal, or backed out of this deal because of the luxury tax, or didn't want to pay the money, or now all of a sudden Steve Cohen is scared to spend that. Money. That is nonsense. You know, I think this is so nonsense. Sad. I just
5: think this just opens the door for Shohei Ohtani, if in fact they want to go down that road and try to make a trade. I really do believe that that's you know what the next target will be. I don't think that would have been the case. Uh, had they uh, signed Correa to uh, this enormous deal and be up around three hundred ninety million in salary, so uh, <laughs> you know that's where Shohei
2: Otani comes
5: in in this whole. Picture. I think he might have gotten both of them at some
2: point. I think <laughs> that just because he got Correa didn't mean that he was out on Otani, but I think it's more likely now that he figures out a way to get Otani. And quite frankly, I think he's pissed about this whole thing. Well, the other thing too is you have to remember
5: you got Pete Alonso sitting there and you got Jeff McNeil <laughs> sitting there. And they're eventually going to need new contracts. Yeah. And if Pico's off like he did last year mm-hmm. uh, and again this year and they're not, you know, think about the,
2: the amount of money he's going to get. And just think too, like this is clearly a legitimate issue because the San Francisco Giants initial offer that they agreed to terms with Carlos Correa was over 350 million, wasn't it? Is was right around there? He that's three hundred and fifty million guaranteed. Yes, he just took a hundred and fifty million dollars less guaranteed to go back to Minnesota. Now, now I will tell you, there's a seventy million
5: dollar uh, vesting kicker in there that would add to the two hundred million that he has. Right, but if he, so it'll be two seventy if he gets all of it. If he, if
3: he so gets 80, all of it, it's eighty
5: million essentially less than what the Giants initially offered, assuming that he would pass the physical.
2: Right. So that's a big deal. We're it talking a deal. about a third team, and at least, it could be more depending on what ends up happening well, with him and his injury, at least $80 million difference. So if
5: you take a look at it, so you got 13 years, three fifty from the Giants, and you have six years, $200 million from the Twins. In the first six years of this contract, He'll have made more with the Twins than he would have made with the Mets or the Giants. That's sure. the way you got to look at it. It's the AAV. That's the number that is the key number for the player right now. In those yeah. six years, basically, tell me that most doctors and I'm sure all the experts and the different different insurance companies out there are saying, you know, this is all we are willing to guarantee because of that that ankle injury and and. The other injury that he had when he slid in the second base after that um, surgery had been done and the reaction uh, when he slid in the second base where that injury was. So I I look, I just think that uh, he got his money for the first six years without question.
2: Yeah, and I, I would have been OK with it if, if Steve Cohen had gone up to that two hundred million dollar deal and match what the twins were doing. And Carlos Correa was a Met this morning. I, I would have been fine with it. I would have been excited about it. Would have been a little bit nervous because of the whole, the way everything went, but I would have been excited that it got done. So I don't want to sit here like a hypocrite and all of a sudden be like, ah, screw Carlos Correa. The Mets will be fine without him and, and screw Scott Boris. I wanted Carlos Correa to be a Met. I wanted him to be a Met prior to him agreeing the terms. And I wanted him to be a Met this morning, but I just. There's sometimes you gotta make the right call, and I have to. I just have to trust with the way that this thing went two separate teams then the minnesota twins swooping in and then giving him this six-year contract it has to be a real legitimate issue this can't be two teams and now three teams that are scared of something that really they shouldn't be scared of Uh, clearly there's a problem here yeah
5: well that's the point i mean you know at the end of the day uh i think they offered an extremely fair contract and they wanted the player to you know bet on himself long term and uh i think he did that with the twins but he did so by getting more money in the first six years with the Twins as opposed to with the Giants and, and the Mets. That's, that's the big discrepancy here. Because even he, by accepting that $70 million kicker for those next six years, it's, it feels like even he re- recognizes that there's an issue or a potential issue that could happen to him. Yeah. no, Of course, he may have to have. See, this is the other thing. In six years, they may say to him, Look, we got to go back
2: in there and fix that. Well, that's what i that's what I was thinking throughout this whole process was he's probably going to have to have another surgery at some point that knocks him out for close to an entire season. Like, that's the only thing I could think of that would make all these teams so scared of what was going on. Like, he might miss an entire season, and then maybe he's going to come back and not be the same. You know, what
5: he might also find, which is going to be really interesting, for the Twins, he'll play shortstop. And shortstop, it's the movement. You know, he's got to yeah. be able to, you know, the range thing. And you never know how that part of it is going to affect him. Here, he would have been third base, would have been a little bit more protected playing third base, uh, and may have been able to get an extra year or two out of uh, that contract because he wouldn't be playing shortstop.
2: Yeah, I still think, you know, remember what Steve Cohen said when he thought that Carlos Correa was going to be a Met after he agreed to terms. He said that this was the missing piece. We needed more offense. This was the missing piece. So now, um, you know, you got to be careful what you say. <laughs> right. It's pivot time. Oh, no, yeah, it is pivot time. It is pivot time. So I, I, I would ask Steve Cohen. All right. You still have a missing piece then. So now how are you going to fill that know, this late in the offseason? I, I don't know. That's what that's what scares me about the offense. I, I kind of feel like they they have the same team coming
5: back. You know, with the exception of Verlander and and a couple pieces they had in the bullpen. But I would say is another big. Right. right. I mean, that's the point. So I I, it's not that you have to go out there and there's not like third baseman all over the place. Well, Not at this point. There, I mean, he's got guys, you know, he's got Escobar and guys like that. And uh, they have they do have a couple guys in the minors. You don't know what's going to happen with them, whether or not Beatty and uh, Alvarez are going to be significant offensive contributors. We don't know that yet. So it's not like they, they're bare, like they have nothing. But, you know, there's also trades to be had. There's probably going to be a player or two that could be cut. Maybe they take a flyer on it like the, the, the Yankees took on Carpenter. You never know. So it's, it's like I was disappointed that he's not here for sure. But I totally understand why he's
2: not here. You know, the people that are really disappointed is everybody. And we talked about it that morning that ran to Mets.com to buy season ticket packages, whether a 20 game plan or whatever, half a season plan, and then the, I, apparently they sold, like, millions of dollars of season ticket plans that morning. You know what? They still have, they're still going to really have a good team. Man. But 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 wait a second. The reason why people did know that, that morning is thought I Carlos Correa was going to be on the team, and now he's not. I'm not saying they have a bad mm-hmm. team, but clearly that was that... Over the top move that got people really, really excited. It yeah. Got me really, really excited. It got all of us excited. And but now I, I'm like, ah, all right, good off season. Not great off season. Uh, well, you know, it's good. I, I say good great. Off off I,
5: I say great off season. I, I, if they ah. would have if they would have added Correa, it would have been an A plus off season. That's this a is, good one. This is an A off it's season. It's a B plus. Nice. Nah, is an A. Yeah, it's not a B plus. A plus would have been. uh Correa added to this lineup and yeah. an ungodly almost $400 million uh, you know, salary structure, which would have been ridiculous. But, hey, we're at 355 right now, and I'm sure he'll spend some more money. And remember, like I said, he still has some of his own players that he's going to have to resign, especially if those
2: players... Come back and and duplicate what they did last year, right? But there's a lot of that that they looked in the future. Obviously, they're thinking the same way we're thinking. And there's guys like Verlander going to come off. There's guys like Scherzer that are going to come off in a couple of years. The Robinson Cano deal is going to be gone eventually. There's going to be a lot of money that is freed up in the future to uh, be able to take care of those other guys. Well, that, the other guys I know, Otani. Don't forget him. And yes, I'm yeah, right right, So don't Ohtani. forget him. Yes, so that,
5: would that make you happy if they make the trade for Otani during the trade deadline? Ah, uh,
2: I don't want. i, I, would I not trade him. I would rather get him. He's going to be a free agent. I'd rather sign him in free agency as, as opposed to giving up the entire farm system. Yeah, you know, him.
5: I remember I, I uh, well, and if you did trade for him, you'd have to sign him. You couldn't let him get a free agency, which, which would be kind of crazy, which is why you wouldn't be giving up the farm to get him unless he was going to, you know, agree to a contract. But here's the thing. You know, um, when I, I have a, a friend, believe it or not, who's an angel season ticket holder. And he told me that, you know, most of the Otani special days that they have, you know, the bobbleheads and all that yeah. stuff for the Angels are in the first half of the season. Interesting. So maybe they're getting ready to trade him. Billy Epler probably knows something, and, and I'm sure Billy Epler, you know, attracted him to the Angels. He wanted to stay on the West Coast. So let's see what Billy Epler can do here
2: see what Steve Cohen can do. That's what could do he's already
5: to. done a lot. Right,
2: let's see what he can do and, and make sure that he writes that check and gives him the biggest deal because there's only so much Billy Epler, I think, can contribute at this I point. I mean, think about this. He, uh, he's got
5: half the amount of players that the two football teams in town have, and he spent about $70 million more than each of those teams on those players. Yeah, and I still don't love the lineup.
2: That's the problem. <laughs> God, you're unbelievable. I don't love it. I loved it with Correa in there. I didn't love it with this. I like it. I think they're good. But the stuff that we were saying before Correa was that the Phillies and the Braves might have a better roster than the Mets with all this money spent. Then they got Correa and we said, "Ah, not so much. Now we are the Kings going into the season. Now they don't have Correa. So we have to be fair and go back to saying that they might be, even with this offseason, the third most talented team in the division. Might be. Well, that's why they play the games, Jay. All right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Boomer and G.O. And everybody's got a family. (laughs) Uh,
1: And even podcasts, whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tune in.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
8: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
2: born Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Jerry Recco has got Rutgers and Northwestern tonight out in Chicago. So he is there right now. He's at our sister station. The Score in Chicago doing his updates from there and the warm-up show from there. Jerry, good morning. Is everything sorted? I heard a lot of panic early on with you and Al about how this whole technical side of things was going to work out. I can see you now. You well, I great. wouldn't
9: say pa- no. I wouldn't say panic. I would say it was more difficult than it needed to be because they're over helpful.
7: Mm-hmm. Over
9: helpful, yes, like they are. So last year when I did this, I brought the Comrex, a couple of Ethernet ports, good to go. This time they said we're going to give you a beautiful, brand, and literally a brand new studio that you can have for five hours, which is so nice. The problem is no one gave Eddie the IP address to find out how to get up on the board. So we couldn't connect, and then I couldn't find Ethernet cords, and so that's where the um, the confusion lay.
2: Yeah, let me ask you. I don't know if you guys touch on this in the Warm Show or not. Are those CDs next to you, Jerry? Yes, yeah, CDs and a cart machine. <laughs> this Look at is this. a brand new studio. There's a well, cart machine and CDs in there. I know. I know it's, but it's not. It's not connected. Oh, it's just look at like, this. It's like a museum. So it's a storage closet with a board.
9: <laughs> no, except all the, but all the equipment is brand new in here. Other than
5: the cart machine, which is disconnected. And there's a DAT machine. And wow. the abacus. What? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that, that, what, I mean, they don't want to get rid of that, I guess.
2: I don't know. I think what, it's kind of cool, though.
5: And what are the CDs from
2: shows? Or are You they actual- grab grab one of the CDs. It looks like those are actually like labeled CDs, music CDs. Classic rock.
9: Okay, all right. Nice. Uh, rock. Arena rock, ACDC, Aerosmith.
5: Yeah. yeah. By the this way, what pretty was the good. last time anybody played a CD?
2: <sighs> I have no idea. I couldn't tell you the last time I played one.
5: Long, but, long I mean, time. I mean, I, you know, at home it's just Sonos. Right. Yeah. Right off my cell phone. right, right off Spotify, the
7: Apple
2: Spotify, Music, Apple Apple Pandora. App Odyssey. Yeah. Odyssey. Yeah. Odyssey, free, free Odyssey. Odyssey app. Yep. Yeah. That's right. So all right Jerry I'm glad everything is looking good and sounding good and I'm excited to uh, hear the uh, sports update. We are good. I will tell you this though.
9: The what the here's the issue I'm having and this is where your guy Billy G, Billy Jocalone, is helping me. Yeah. I can't get into
2: Burley, which is weird. Oh, okay, which is that Burley so, for the listeners is the system that Jerry plays yeah. all the clips from. And it's really easy for him to play them from remote normally because he can log in. Now well, he can't log well, in. Not exactly. No, no, I no. no.
9: Eddie, Eddie oh. does that. Well, Eddie but I them, can yes, pick but. them and listen to them and send them to him. Why can't you get in? I don't know. It's You know what I can get into, which is actually kind of fun? I can get into the um, the software where you pot phone calls up and down. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So I can sabotage any call <laughs>
5: from here. I can right. get into that software, but you can't get into Broly. I don't understand that. Very strange. Very
2: strange. I mean, By the way, how about your running guy running with Ohio? Oh, unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's going to call again today at some point. We will talk to him. That was amazing. I'm I, trying to explain to Gina what was going on last night. She's like, why are you laughing, staring at your phone? I'm like, all right. You ready for this? There was a guy 40 years ago, so a boomer ride a jockey, I mean, ride a donkey as he <laughs> was a jockey. And this guy's now a jockey. And then he called up and he's now a professional sports gambler. And he's got a, a wife who's four foot 11 and he liked Ohio University, where you went to school, by the way. It's just the most convoluted, confusing thing in the world. But we had so many listeners on that game last night. I was getting texts, I was getting tweets. I mean, Eddie Brown, the jockey. And here's some highlights from CBS Sports Network. He nailed it. Ohio ended up winning by five, I believe, or six. And he nailed it, and his pick was right, and he made a ton of people money. And yeah. by the way, he's got over like 3,400 Twitter followers. I'm now. sitting here
5: watching the New York Rangers and uh, Wild last night, Minnesota Wild. And on my phone, I got this damn thing going, this game going on. And when I got to it, the Bobcats were behind. Yes. Ball State was leading. Yep. And then all of a sudden, I put the phone down. I got into the Ranger game. It was like in between periods. I got into the, the the second period, I think it was, and then all of a sudden the Bobcats went on a run. Yeah, and then they were up like forty eight, and then Ball State caught up to them.
2: Yeah, it was a three point game there with right. ten seconds to go. Exactly. And, I, and I, I wasn't I wasn't watching. I was just looking at the score on CBS Sports dot com. But I guess this is the last possession here. For and you're telling Ball me State. you're and you're telling me Gina went to Ohio as well. She did. Yeah, she went to oh, Ohio. Yeah, she was a podcast. Yeah, I know. It's just absolutely nuts. But You yeah. know what it is? Sports gods. Sports gods. Right, exactly.
5: <laughs> downtown downtown <laughs> Eddie Brown basically came that, through right. and made some people some coin last night is Eddie, what
2: happened. Eddie Money, the sports betting jockey. He Unbelievable. is... I mean, and people are all over him congratulating him. And now he's won his first one. So that's 11 in a row for him. That's some heater he's on. Right. It is <laughs> some heater that he is on. So he can never leave the heater. So now you got to go with whatever his, his next play is. We'll see if he ends up uh, calling us today. So how about he's also breaking down the officiating in last night's oh, game? Oh, yeah. No, of course. Yeah. He's breaking down everything. When this guy's going to go down the bench, how they're going to make their run, everything else. First half was okay. I mean, he was amazing. Just, just, I mean, It really is amazing. The, the the power of the radio station and radio in general and sports was all in that bubble yesterday with this guy we had no idea existed. And then here he is, now a huge part of our lives. And we're all sitting there staring at Ball State, Ohio last night because of this guy who saw Boomer ride a donkey 40 years ago.
9: That's and crazy. that's how we got to know him. Imagine you see him on CBS Sports Network sitting next to John Rothstein on
2: Super I'm Saturday. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Seth Davis out, Eddie the sports jockey in. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, we're brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com
9: and by Jack Pocket, Play official state lottery games on your phone with Jack Pocket. You guys obviously just discussed the Carlos Correa situation. We know the deal there. Six years, Minnesota. See, it, he's gone. Um, football-wise, Super Wild Card Weekend kicks off with Seattle, San Francisco Saturday. You got the Chargers and Jaguars Saturday night. And then, of course, on Sunday... Part of the triple header will be the Giants and the Vikings, the middle part of that day at 440. Julian Love, a guest with Tiki and Tierney on the fan yesterday, says,
10: bring it on. Guys are fired off. You know, playoff time is an exciting time. A lot of us haven't been in this position. I haven't been in this position. And so that juice that you have early in the season, maybe you're running to every ball, you're going all out like that is back. And so we're, we're really excited for this opportunity. And hope, and it was him too that whiffed on that interception, right? A few that weeks is, ago,
2: right? That that is correct. Yeah, absolutely. Not do that again, right? Who well, uh, uh, who were they playing that week? That was you? at home. That was the Eagles. That was the Eagles, Eagles game at home. Right, yeah, yeah. Eagles at home. Yep. Right. With blown out. out. Mm-hmm.
9: Here was one more from Love, just talking about having seen this team before. At least there's some familiarity with them.
10: If there's a familiarity now, oh. especially that we didn't play them that long ago. Yeah, uh, and you know. <laughs> We did a lot of things right in that game, but we did some key things wrong. Uh, and then it still took a 61 yard field goal to win. You know, there's a confidence right now going into this, in this, to this playoffs that we can make a run, uh, starting with Minnesota, of course.
9: That's well, how about this, Boomer? How about, how about one series, one quarter, yep, one half,
2: one yep. game at a time before we worry about a run? Sage advice, Jerry, sage advice. I completely completely that sounded like a man who was already thinking ahead to Philadelphia, and I think he's he's on to something, clearly, if he's been listening to this show, and he's a part of WFAN going on weekly with Tiki and Tierney, so he's probably listening to me, and he knows. He's like, hey, I think we can go on a run, I, obviously, after we get past Minnesota. I mean, once we do that, which we all know is just sort of like basically a layup, and then we'll get, uh, you know, probably layup, go to Philly. Huh? A layup. Yeah. That's what it sounded like he was saying. Minnesota favored really? by three? Uh, still, I believe, yes. I yes. thought that number would come down as the week... Has gone on, but yeah,
5: it I, not. I thought a lot. of, You know, I feel like there is a momentum out there for the Giants right now. Yeah. Everyone's on them. Feel it feels that way. It well, does. And I, I like and the I, Bobcats last night. Everybody was on Ohio Bobcats last right. night. I mean, why they were? You? And I know the
9: I know the plus minus G. I get it. I know it's terrible. They did win what thirteen
2: games this year. Yep, and they are so. le- they're they eleven and zero in one score games. And you would assume that this game would be close. If you're trying to build a case for the Vikings, you would use that. But but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everybody's on the Giants for a uh, for a reason. A lot of these lines have not moved all that much. The The Bills-Dolphins line came down a half a point to Bills minus nine and a half. So did Niners-Seahawks nine and a half. And I guess the Cowboys line has gone up a little bit. No, actually down. I'm sorry. They were favored by three and now it's two and a half. So there's only been minor movement so far. Uh, with these lines, which means that they were pretty spot on when they came out. What would you call the biggest upset this week if it happened? Miami winning in Buffalo yeah, or and Buffalo, Seattle in yeah. San Francisco? No, Miami and Buffalo. Well, especially if Skylar Thompson is playing. I mean that that would be a big one. I mean, I definitely Seattle would be that would be a big upset, but Miami going up there with that team that we saw just play the Jets.
5: Right. I was just saying, <sighs> if, you know, if you had uh, Tua and they were and they were rolling, I would say it was a pick 'em because yeah. you know. Miami, you know, you play each other three times in a year. That's that's tough. And now I will say that uh Seattle has played San Francisco tough twice.
2: And, you know, it hasn't been like blowouts.
5: Yeah.
2: I mean tough mm. one for them. Of course Monday it's night. Be a tough one. That's where they're on the road. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, I just e- I think that could get out of hand. Really? I do. I think it I think it could. We'll see. I hope it doesn't, because that'd be fun, but it feels like it's gonna get out of hand.
9: All right, Cowboys Buccaneers Monday night. So the Cowboys won 12 games, but there is a lot of conversation in Dallas about Mike McCarthy's future, especially if they lose yet again to Tom Brady. So Jerry Jones was on the fan in Dallas yesterday addressing McCarthy's status going forward.
4: No, I I don't even want to. uh, No. Uh, That's it. I I don't need to go into all the pluses or minuses, but... uh, uh, we're not seeing any. We're not uh, basing. I've got uh, a lot more to evaluate Mike McCarthy on than this playoff game.
9: And a lot of people think if they lose that he'll be out, and
5: Jones is telling you, no, I don't believe him. I do. Unless they get, well, to get totally blown out and they look Wilmer, like they did they, last week. If they play the way they just played in Washington. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If they, I mean, they look like they did last week, then it's, you know, any anything could happen with a an impatient owner. No question about that. By the way, uh, Looking at the Rams stuff, what's happening out there? You know, Sean McVeigh is basically told the ownership he, he wants to take a week or so, or a few days, so what, however long, just to kind of decompress and figure out what's going on. Now, he lost his grandfather. His, his wife is Ukrainian. So who knows what's going on, you know, behind the scenes in his personal life, you know, with what his wife is probably dealing with, friends and family and everything back in Ukraine. I don't, I have no idea, but he's told his assistant coaches that they are allowed to go for other jobs if they want. So that tells he's me that allowed he's allowed
2: like, to do that. I thought that was like more of like an organizational. Well, thing.
5: he said, no, I think it's he said, look, if you want to go look for other jobs, you guys can. Now, I, I've i never heard of that before. Um, I asked Coach Cower about that. I said, I've never heard a coach actually say that openly who was coming back to coach the team. And uh, we kind of think he's out of there, but he's going to wow. basically step away. Well, that would be sure. a big one for sure, and that's there you go. There's one of your big surprises, yeah, right? Right. Would he go to the broadcast booth I, again? I, I'm assuming that he'll have an opportunity to do that and make money if he wants to. But I, you know, I don't. Again, like I, I didn't realize that his wife was Ukrainian. You know, and everything that's probably going on in their lives behind the scenes that we don't that we don't know about. Sure.
9: All right, a couple of other things. Eddie scrapped the Dick um, <laughs> that cut. The deck cut. scratched the what? What? Scrap. <laughs> The
2: DACA cut. <laughs> Scratch the what? Ah! Scrap the DACA cut. <laughs> right. You got that, Eddie? I will. Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. Make it sure. Can we be adults. <laughs> hey, I'll oh, I'm Joe. not the one who said scrap the dick. <laughs> <laughs> DAC. Oh, DAC. Okay.
9: Oh, man. Scrap that. Uh, the Ravens, uh, Roquan Smith gets five years, $100 million. A um, lot of conversation here in Chicago about the Bears and the number one pick. Ryan Pohl says they would have to be blown away yeah. if they were going to take a quarterback. What an of course, they got. Why would you what? say that? Why would you say
3: that? We'd have well, to be he was asked
9: away. about. They I think that was part of the conversation yesterday.
2: Yeah, okay. So, you say we have to be blown away to uh take a quarterback number 1. I mean, there's going to be a team that wants to trade up to get Bryce Young, that and then true. everybody's going to be like, "Well, if you're not going to take Bryce Young number 1, like is there anybody else you're going to take number 1?" Like <laughs> then that, that all of a sudden like Knocks the d- down the compensation package like to, you, what you need to do as a general manager is to be as completely vague as possible. I don't know. Who we're going to take. I have no idea. You well, know what happens if he is blown away by Bryce Young? Well, then they're going to take him and they're going to trade Justin Fields. somewhere. I right. just don't understand. Like why? I don't know. It just seems now like a they also way. said that Justin Fields is their quarterback. Now
5: he did say that. And, yes, and that and that's why he said he would have to be blown away to take one of these other kids. Now, if this were next, next year, <laughs> Caleb Williams would be their quarterback. No no doubt. Even if if Caleb Williams is coming out this year, they're taking him. Yeah. I can tell you that right now that this is the next generational can't miss quarterback coming out of college and everybody's going to be racing for that first pick next year. It's going to be interesting to see whether or not the NFL puts in a lottery starting and with next year's draft.
9: Uh, a couple of other things. Knicks Pacers tonight. You got Tyrese Halliburton playing the Knicks. He was the guy that Wally Zerbiak <laughs> had his comments about. If you remember, he apologized. So there's that little storyline. The Sixers beat up the I mean, Pistons.
5: Wally, by... Wally and Tyrese Halliburton going to get into it before the game? Oh, that would be great. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Who what's, knows? What's Wally, what would you say to Tyrese Halliburton if you were Wally? Al- My bad. Anything? Well, what did he say? He basically got all over him.
2: He called him a wannabe. Yeah, wannabe all-star. A star. wannabe all-star. Yeah, yeah. Like, just a fraud, basically. Yes. And
9: then Halliburton went on that podcast. And like, I don't even know who Wally Zerbeak is. Boring. <laughs> so, a little back and forth there. The Heat beat the Thunder last night. How about this number? Miami went 40 of 40 from the free throw line. Never been done before. St. John V. Butler. Seton Hall over Georgetown. Boy, Georgetown loses again. And your Rangers last night, Boomer. Resilient, as they say, as they come all the way back and win.
4: Freddie Goodroll will try to tie it for Minnesota. It's
9: just can stop It's over. The draw moves in. And it's over. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they trailed 2-0 and 3-2 in this game. They get the game-time goal in the third from Philip Heedle. Shootout goals from Capo Caco and Artemi Panarin. And a 4-3 shootout win for your blue shirts. The Devils beat the Hurricanes 5-3. And the Islanders lost a shootout to the Stars. Oh. Danny, scrapped the dick um Okay. <laughs>
2: Come on, man. <laughs> Scrap the DAC clip. There you go. You got it this time. Connecticut Sun. Put that sun. with the Connecticut Sun. Yeah,
7: right.
11: <laughs> it's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest
12: 5G network.
8: Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800.
2: All right, it is Boomer and Gio, a fan in CBS Sports Network. Boomer brought something up yesterday. I actually think he brought it up Monday as well when we were talking about the Bears and the Houston Texans and the fight for the number one pick and how the Texans went out of their way to win a football game that basically knocked them out. It did not basically. It did knock them out of having the number one overall pick. And he said, yeah, that is significant this year. But it's going to be more significant Next year, the fight for the number one pick because of Caleb Williams, as you said, he is the next in your eyes, and many other people believe the next general, general, generational, what? generational. There we go, generational. Yeah, compartmentalized is another word I can't say. Car, how do you say that? Car, compartmentalized. Yes. Are, yeah, generational compartmentalized. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. So anyway, okay. he's the next generational talented quarterback. And you think that he can do everything Patrick Mahomes can do. And so that the NFL, because of that, for the first time, might consider a draft lottery like we see in the NBA and like we see in the NHL. Because they are afraid that too many teams will tank to get that next great quarterback. Now, how would that work, though? I don't know. I'm just saying these are discussions, I'm sure, that are
5: being had. You know what I mean? I don't know how it would work. I don't know if it would be a, the top five teams that would have you know the weighted lottery system or whatever. I you know something along those lines.
2: Well, my question more from the how would it work thing is not exactly the the mechanical part of how you're going to to do the lottery, but how can you all of a sudden change the way you do things for one off season? Are you that going to have to go through the same process that we saw when they were talking about? changing games and neutral sites with the playoffs like is well, that gonna be a let me ask you a question all owners have to be on board for this uh, yeah i think right, would, the I commissioner could, just no do no, no 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 they would have to vote for it i okay. would have to vote for it so
5: um you know i i don't know if teams would go for it or not so it's um that that's another interesting thing but you know imagine if you're the carolina panthers you know you're going to get a new coach you know, you're probably going to have an opportunity to draft one of these young quarterbacks this year. So maybe you draft one of these young quarterbacks this year, and you see whether or not that kid can turn out to be your guy. But if he's not your guy, you still throw him out there and play him like Zach Wilson. Yeah. And if he doesn't really show any sort of growth or anything halfway through the season, you know, you're 1-7 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they still want to play. The players still want to win. The coaches still want to win. All that other stuff. But, you know, he's, that Caleb Williams is staring you right in the face. Because you have the number one pick overall going into, say, like week 8, 9, or 10 next year. That would be a time where you'd probably see a
2: team start making some decisions. Now, don't you think, though, that guys have come along in the past where you felt like that person was 100% undisputed the number one pick? Joe and- Burrow? Okay, Trevor Lawrence,
5: Trevor Lawrence, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, Troy Aikman. So, like, why all of a sudden now would the NFL
2: consider this?
5: Andrew Luck. Yeah, but why I mean, you know, it's at different times. You know, it's, you know, the object of the draft, by the way, which is not really for the Bears it's happening this year and for the Texans because they're at the top of the draft. But there are other teams within the top, you know, 10 that have traded picks that are in the top 10 because... Of the teams that they traded with and where those teams ended up, like
2: Seattle, sure. Now the other question I would have, and I know that we're just sort of you know <laughs> um, spitballing. If we we're just sitting here spitballing, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're spitballing. Um, is would this continue for the rest of time? Yeah, I think would it would. This- I think it would
5: be a new way of doing
2: things, and okay. I think it's something that's it's cons- it's going to be considered. I, I'm not saying it's going to be passed. I'm just saying it's going to be considered. I believe now, who would bring it up? Like the commissioner would bring it up, or would it be one of the owners in the competition committee that would bring this up?
5: Uh, that's a good question. I would think that the commissioner's office would bring it up. I would think. I don't think the competition
2: committee would bring this this thing up. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? This would provide too. Yep, another huge night for the NFL. Yes, it would to capture all of our attention on television, and that's really the bottom line here. How, yeah, how do how
5: do we make it even more interesting? So, you know, and, and like this whole thing, the whole draft order is done by win percentage. That's yeah. how it's done. Right. That And that's the way it should have been done going into the final week of the season if two teams didn't play because they had those rules. And nothing would have changed because the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs all won. And the, the, the Chiefs still had the best winning percentage. And quite frankly, under the rules prior to what the commissioner put into place and was asked to vote on last Friday, you know, in my eyes, the Kansas City Chiefs should be hosting the AFC championship game because they have the best win percentage. Yeah. And quite frankly, that a, a fourteen and three year is amazing. Now two of those losses hurt to the Bengals, of the Bills, but fourteen and three in a seventeen game season.
2: You know, if I which is right, of course, is 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 crazy. But if I were the NFL or I were an owner that had a chance to vote on a potential draft lottery what I would say was just look at this example here that we just had this year. We just had a team that could have tanked and did not, and went and won a game. All I right. could give you an example a couple of years ago with the Jets. The Jets did the same thing. Second to last game of the year, yeah. Trevor Lawrence was in their lap. They ended up going out to LA and beating the Rams. So there really isn't a lot of examples of teams. Now you could say that the Bears tried to tank against the Vikings. Oh, in I, think, I think. I well, think. I
5: think the one that re- re- reality hit. And the Bears knew what they were, you know, and who they were, I think reality hit. And, you know, plus, like, you know, they didn't play Justin Fields in the last game. He probably right. could have played, mm-hmm. but they didn't play him. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. And by the way, remember Indianapolis had the whole suck for luck thing? You that was the amazing thing for that is that Frank Reich was on that staff. So Frank Reich was there with Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. lasted through, you know, Tony Dungy and was it Jim Caldwell? Yeah. Jim Caldwell, uh, good buddies him and Frank are really good buddies and Frank was actually coaching wide receivers at that time so he went from like a quarterback coach to a wide receiver coach and because Peyton had gotten hurt and was no longer there like he was injured and away from the team and uh, he coached Reggie Wayne I'll never forget this and I remember calling him at was it Chase Daniel was the quarterback maybe Chase Daniel. <laughs> was it Chase Daniel yeah I don't know I'd have to double check and it just got worse. I think it just got tougher and tougher. And I remember asking, Frank, are you guys sucking for Andrew Luck? And he goes, Boomer, nobody's even... The only people that are talking about that are the media and maybe the fan base. You know, we in this building are trying
2: to win football games. Yeah, and that's what every coach believes. Like, I remember that, that Jets game was like Adam Gase and Frank Gore were like so happy that they won... That came out in L.A. and it ended up screwing the franchise and maybe setting it back a decade. And and neither one of them are here, right? Well, that's the point, right? And Lovey Smith, same thing. He doesn't care too. He got fired, so he wants to go out there and win as many games as possible. Yeah. How do you think he feels when they walked into his office
5: and said, "Because you know everybody was asking him," and of course, no coach ever feels like they're going to get fired no matter how bad it is. Yeah. You know, and then when they fired him right after the game, or essentially when they got back to Houston, I guess, um, it's like, really. Screw you, I'm glad we won. You know, that <laughs> kind of thing.
2: Yeah. I, you know what, ha- if they go to a draft lottery this year yeah, the first time ever, that means to me it guarantees that the Jets will have the worst record in the league and not get the number one pick. Somehow the Jets <laughs> will get screwed out of this thing. <laughs> yes, you're probably right. <laughs> there will be a team that's like, I can't believe the first year that we go to a lottery, we have the worst record and we didn't get the number one pick and Caleb Williams <laughs> is the guy somebody's going to get screwed big time.
5: That you know, when I, when I look at the way that the draft board is set up right now, I mean, the, the Houston Texans are set up right now. They got seven picks, this is seven, six picks in the top 104 players. Yeah. I mean, you know, they got to have a draft like
2: Joe Douglas just had a draft. And by the way, just because you do a lottery doesn't mean that teams don't still try to tank. We still see it in the NBA. Like, hey, I I want to get in that top three to give myself the best percentage. The same thing would happen in the NFL. Like, I know there's no guarantee, but I want to give myself the best percentage to be able to get that number one pick.
5: How about, how about the fact that, you know, you have two teams. One made it to the playoffs, the Seahawks. They have the second most valuable draft board in terms of their picks. They have... Five in the top eighty-five. That's how you rebuild a team, you know. And then you have the Detroit Lions, who are on the cusp of the playoffs, and had a nine and eight season, and they have five in the top eighty-two. Yeah, got to hit on those guys, but having them is a big deal. They, the Lions have hit on sure, guys, certainly. That, yep. That's the thing. And they came out yesterday. Their G, GM came out yesterday and said that Jared Goff's our quarterback. He's proven. He's proven. We have a top three offense, right? And he's been a top ten quarterback all year long. He's our quarterback moving forward. I mean, right. And good for Jared Goff, by the way. They just want to keep his fiance in town.
2: I think that's really the only reason. But, but why good for him.
5: It. And, yeah. and all, when he got traded away from Sean McVay and the Rams, and now you look where he is and and how that franchise views him, and how the franchise, you know, that they won a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, but there's no telling the long term of you know future of Matthew Stafford or the short term for that matter. <laughs>
2: Born Geo coming to you live for the Bill Ford Top Studio on the fan and CBS Sports Network. A little later in the show, we have to get to this. There was a guy last night. I did not watch the Golden Globes, but a big story this morning and reading all the websites. The guy who won Best Actor for the Golden Globes was the dude who played Elvis in the Elvis movie. I thought he was great. And I guess he got up there and gave his acceptance speech seriously, but, like, in the Elvis voice. What? And everybody's like, is that his real voice, or what the hell is going on? So that would be
5: like, Joaquin Phoenix going up there as Johnny
2: Cash. So he basically, like, went up there and was like, oh, man, I just want to thank everybody out there for all your support. <laughs> like, was he shaking his leg? Oh, man. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, so I watched a little bit of it, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is the most cringeworthy thing in the world. His name was Austin Butler, so we'll get to that in a little bit, but I was just watching having a break uh, and, and laughing. <laughs> Wasn't well, the Golden Globes
5: canceled last year for some lack of diversity or something? I, yes, I believe so. Some so they brought it back now?
2: I can't, I don't know. These, you know how everybody feels the I thought the same you'd be all
5: over Prince Harry.
2: About these award shows. It's just ridiculous. Just so stupid. Yuck. Everybody's sitting there in the red carpet. They were like, Oh man, it's raining out here in LA. And there are some serious floods and stuff going on. But like it's even worse when like the celebrities are like, Oh, I can't I'm the red carpet, I have to wear an umbrella and oh no. And there's people there's floods and sinkholes and people like really dealing with things but out These in are celebrities, you know,
5: it's tough for a celebrity in a situation
2: like but that. These A holes, you know, can't get wet on the red carpet. Well they got a lot of makeup. Yeah, right. Anyway, a, lot of hair, a lot of hair stuff, kind of like us $60, $60,000 <laughs> uh, dresses and suits and everything else. Harry Winston, diamonds.
5: Yeah, all, all of that stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, all right, If uh, the Carlos Correa stuff we talked about early this morning, about how he is no longer going to be a New York Med. He does go to the Minnesota Twins. If you want to talk about that, 877-337-6666. I am disappointed this morning. There's no doubt about it. I was more fired up about the Mets when I thought Correa was going to be on the team. And now we're sitting here talking about still needing to fill another hole in the lineup that I don't think they're going to be able to do in this offseason, which is frustrating. But I don't blame Steve Cohen and the Mets for not going that extra mile because clearly something was really, really wrong uh, with that physical. Tom is in Connecticut. He joins us on the fan. What's going on, Tom?
12: we and Geo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Tommy, what's happening, brother? What's going on, fellas? It's it's a very it's a pleasure to be on with you two this morning. It Thank really you. is. Uh I am a huge Yankee fan, but I am a New Yorker, so um, I do kind of hope the Mets are coming up to the Yankees and spending, and obviously they are these days. But there's just one thing that just kind of irks me with the whole Steve Cohen and Carlos Correa thing here. Yeah. He can't outbid the Twins for $42 million? Now, they both agreed on the six years, but he couldn't outbid the Twins? He, he could. For no, hey,
2: listen, Tom, he, he definitely could, and he just didn't want to. I mean, this is like a guy, it's like Steve Cohen going into an exotic car dealership and then yeah. saying, like, here's a Lamborghini. And then he gets the car fax on the Lamborghini, and the Lamborghini is got all sorts of problems with it, was in an accident, needed a new transmission. And he's like, I can't afford this, but I don't want it. I'm going to spend my money somewhere else. I I, I I totally get this, but leading
12: up to this and everybody on the radio and TV shows, they're all gushing over, this guy's going to spend whatever he And wants. he will. Oh, he's he's, right, he's right, spending, right in
2: he's in And he he, he will, God, though, to Tom. Me. This is this That's is an argument day. yesterday. Like, this is an argument that I heard yesterday on the radio station. You're the first call today bringing it up. This has nothing to do with Steve Cohen's ability to spend money. Nothing. Now, I know the Yankee fan, you're pretending to be not one of those Met uh, hater Yankee fans, but the Yankee fan is celebrating in this because it feels like, oh, I thought Steve Cohen was just going to buy everybody. I thought he had all the money and now look at him. He's backing down. The Minnesota Twins paid more money than he did. That's not what the case oh, no, is here.
5: Not. No, I I think, I think Yankee fans just got to realize, look, you guys just added like 400 years to your front office. All right, just be happy with that. <laughs> you, uh, you got your third baseman, Josh right. Donaldson. We don't really have one, although I'm looking at ESPN right now and they have the Met Ra- uh, depth chart up. Mm-hmm. And they still have Carlos Correa as the third baseman of, of the Mets. Yeah, not very good. I mean, can somebody fix that over there at ESPN? Yeah, seriously. Get that damn thing straightened out. Yeah, I know. And I want Escobar in there. Well, yeah. Right. And you'll have Luis Guillerme and everything else. I mean, but the point being is like uh, your team, the Yankees, no longer in our like, financial like, stratosphere that we're in now. And you guys are worried about the, the luxury tax. So I, I understand that. Yeah. I, you, know, I, you want to be frugal? Be frugal. Our guy's paying three hundred and fifty five million for his roster this year.
2: Uh, So any Yankee fan who's thinking that Steve Cohen backed out of here in this deal because of money is so dead wrong. The San Francisco Giants, we thought, backed out of the deal because they got cold feet and a long deal and a lot of money. It turns out that they were right to be able to do that. And the Mets did the same thing. By the way, the Mets, you know, had the same
5: overall offer in terms of money that they offered him initially. It's just that the back half of it wasn't guaranteed, and he would have to bet on himself that his leg was going to hold up after six years and that he would get the same amount of money as long as you know he was out on the field. And, and the Twins wrote kind of the same type of contract. They just gave him more money, as Scott pointed out uh in the in the first six years of the deal so that's why he took it
2: yeah I mean this is just one of those arguments that it's just it's been driving me nuts from the beginning you want to get on a Mets fan for getting excited prematurely about this because the physical wasn't done or get on a Mets fan for saying hey you thought you were going to be world beaters and now you're not because Correa is not there fine but to be like oh I thought Steve Cohen was the richest owner in baseball and he was going to buy everybody and now he backed out he's not buying this guy the, the analogy that i gave i think is the perfect one he can afford the lamborghini he can afford the bentley or the rolls, rolls royce but he's not going to get the one that needs to get its engine replaced in 2 years yeah speaking, doesn't want he doesn't want that one
5: speaking of that i saw your
2: big headed friend Doug wells yesterday oh i heard about that i yeah. i don't know why you're always trashing the guy like, i'm not trashing him make, i
5: just saw him yesterday doesn't make
2: any sense like a lot, you know, guys, a lot
5: of guys around him telling me not to listen to what he says i don't know why <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I think that it's great that you went and saw it, Doug, and I'm sure that it brightened your day. That's yeah, what yeah. I think he's I, will that type say, of guy. I, I will say it does brighten my day. I do laugh. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I don't know why he's big yeah. head is the uh, guy is a jerk, you know what I mean? It's just really not nice. Dude. I never said he was a jerk. You right. said he was a jerk. I, I didn't, didn't say he was I a just jerk. He said he has he's a big too, head. He says this a jerk, big head, jerk. That's what you right. Say. That's what I heard.
5: I didn't say jerk. I never said the word jerk. Guys never, never came great, out of
2: my mouth. guy's one of the great guys. Oh, oh no, no You're sitting there trashing them
5: all. I'm trashing them. All I know is that that
2: guy loses more golf balls than anybody I know. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. You know what? I will go back to my text messages right now. Yes. And I'll go back to the Doug Wells text message. Yeah. Um, I knew he was going to text you tell you, Boom's going to be talking about my head tomorrow. Yeah, that's what he said. He goes, uh, he's going to try to bust my ball, so cover me. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I I, I, said, he knew it, he knew it. I knew it, he knew yeah, it. I think I, I think I did a good job covering
5: him, right? I, I guess so. <laughs> it doesn't make his head any smaller.
2: Uh, all right, let's go to <laughs> Nick and Beth Page. What's going on, Nick? Hey, what's going on, guys? Nick, hey, what's happening, brother? Hey, so obviously the Carlos Correa is a little disappointing as a Met
12: fan, but it's not the end of the world. Um, I mean, whoever thought that Correa was going to come in and be... Like the guy's a great player, don't get me wrong. But unlike previous years with the Wolfons and stuff like that, it's not going to be our last guy. Obviously, this year it's a little tight on free agents, but I'm not too worried about it. I want to see what Beatty and Alvarez do, but we're going to get guys whether it's mail trade deadline or in the off season. We're going to get guys. I'm not. Too, I'm not too concerned. No, we got to help a We
5: have. We got guys this year. I mean, you got Senga, you got Verlander, uh, you got Adavino resigned. He has resigned Nimo. David, Robertson. David Robertson's here. I mean, look, they've spent a lot of money. And like I keep saying, it's three hundred and fifty five million right now. Yeah. This was gonna be close to four hundred million if Correa would have signed here, which, you know, great. I know it's not my money, it's his money, but I understand what he's doing. He wants to win. And I don't I don't this is this like I'm disappointed. I would love to see Carlos here at third base. And I think it would have been smarter for him to come here and play third base. I think he could have lasted longer. But, you know, at the end of the day, he did what he felt was in his own best interest. And I do, I, I think the Twins saw an opportunity here because, you know, the Twins don't have guys on that roster that make this kind of money. So they're one of those teams out there that get, can get creative with a contract and attract a guy like Carlos Correa and pay him overall less money if he sees the end of the
2: contract than the Mets would have. And if anything, Steve Cohen showed us two things that I think Mets fans should love. The first being that he's going to go all in and go over the top for the player if he believes that that player is going to put him over the top. So prior to the physical, he thought Carlos Correa was going to put him over the top, didn't care about the luxury tax, went out there and agreed to give him all that money. So that's a great thing to know for the future. The other thing is that he's not going to spend this money frivolously because he found out that there were some real medical issues there, and he decided to back away and go, even though I can pay for this, I choose not to pay for
5: this. That's the business of baseball. That's the other side of baseball telling, you know, the the owner who basically kind of jumped the gun, which is fine because you got to get involved in the contract negotiation, and the way this whole thing works, it's really weird. You have to agree on a contract first, and then comes the physical.
2: Right. Let's go to Jimmy in Staten Island. What's going on, Jimmy? Hey, how are you guys doing today? What's up, Jimmy? Good. What do you got for us? Uh,
13: question. Uh, with the signing of Correa when the Mets were interested in everything, they said they were going to sign him. Do you think it had anything to do with them trying to stick it to the Yankees because the Yankees are making a big announcement the next day about Judge coming back, being a captain and everything? No, and, I, I, I don't because you know,
2: everything they- we've heard, Jimmy, is how Hal Steinbrenner and Steve Cohen really like one another. And I think that the timing worked out the way that it did because the San Francisco Giants deal broke down and nobody knew that was going to break down in that way and when it was going to break down. But we heard all these reports going into the year about how Steve Cohen wasn't going to make a run at Aaron Judge because he had too much respect for Hal Steinbrenner. So, no, I don't think he was trying to screw the Yankees with that.
13: I listen, I'm a Yankee fan, but I respect what the Mets did this season, off season, and everything. They got a good owner finally. They're going to know what it is to have a good owner finally, which will help them out a lot. But I, I don't see it the way you guys see it, how much better they actually got this year. I mean, they got one of the best pitchers they added to their roster, without a doubt. Verlander's a gamer. The problem is he's a little bit up there in age, but he's still the guy I'd want to have on the mound rather than Garrett Cole, who we got. I'd much rather have Verlander. And Scherzer's another bulldog also when he pitches. But they really didn't get much better offensively because their outfield is still very weak. I mean, third base, you can give that kid Beatty a shot and see how he does. Catch him wise, I understand they got the guy Alvarez, which, you know, we'll see. You know, you have to give him a chance. I understand that. But then you guys were mentioning about trading for Shootani. Uh, but did a Mets really have enough? In their farm system, the trade system. Well, they may like not that? have
5: to. They may just go out there and sign him in free agency next year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's going to be a very interesting part of this. If there's another team that's got the resources to be able to pay him, that's got more in their farm system, that's going to be a problem for the Mets. Let's just say, hypothetically speaking, the Dodgers want Otani, and Otani's like, "Oh, it's great. I don't have to move. I'm down here in L.A. anyway." I mean, that would scare me because they probably have more to offer than the Mets have to offer. But I mean, let's just table that for a second what you said about them you know not getting that much better that was the discussion we had going into you know this this season thinking that Carlos Correa wasn't going to be on the team and then when they got Correa that's when I said oh they're over the top now now I feel like they've done everything and I liked what they did and I thought losing Nimmo would have been a problem obviously not replacing Jacob deGrom would have been a problem but they were able to do all of that stuff and they didn't lose Diaz either so yeah, there were a 101-win team that had a very disappointing finish, and they got two teams in their division that could be better than them. And I thought that the Carlos Correa move made them the favorites in the division, and, and now that's not the case. So I don't totally disagree with the caller about how much better they got. There's two major X factors. Kodai Senga, who could end up being great. I don't know. And Francisco Alvarez, who is the number one top prospect in baseball, maybe he jumps in and maybe he's that tremendous bat that the bets needed, but I can't count on those things going into the year. No, but you can count on Diaz. You can count on Nemo.
5: You can count on McNeil. You can count on, uh, Pete Alonso. All these guys got you 101 wins last year.
2: Yeah. And a very, very disappointing finish. And
5: how, and how many of those wins was Jacob DeGrom a part of? Very few. Like five.
2: Yeah. Very few. Gio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Jerry Recco with us this morning. He's got Rutgers and Northwestern out in Chicago. He's good. That's a nine p.m. tip tonight. By the way, oh, locally. that's a cure. Oh, but Jerry won't be here tomorrow. It's going to be right. CeeLo. But uh, but yeah, so it's going to be uh, be a late night there for Jerry Reckle. I who- hate those kickoff. I hate those tips. You know, it's, it's not fair to the kid. I mean, aren't these kids college
9: kids, Jerry? Sitting around all day, yes, and Steve Peichel is very serious about their classes, so they will do their work, but yes, it's a long day of nothing today. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? You're probably going to go back and nap
2: or something. I right? could
9: use a nap, yes. Yeah, I mean,
2: I that's, it's not like you're going to go out there and do everything. Well, and, how's, the, how's the weather in Chicago?
9: Uh, I don't know. It's still dark, but it was 45 when we landed last night, so not terrible. Al wanted me to go see the bean, whatever
2: that is. Oh, yeah, I've seen the bean. The bean's one of the main attractions there in Chicago. It's this big, giant bean-looking reflective thing where everybody goes up and takes pictures of themselves because the reflection makes you look distorted, kind of, and it's... Like a, apps do? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just like your body kind of looks strange. It's a reflection, and people take... It's like a big Instagram thing, you know? Everybody's, and then what do you do? nothing you take that right. picture you post it you go hey i was in chicago at the bean look how cool
5: my get life some,
2: is uh deep dish pizza
9: <laughs> no nah, i'm fat enough i'm good okay, <laughs>
5: okay. you know, i don't like okay. that i don't
2: like that stuff you know, like, i do like that pizza yeah, i not not for me the deep dish. Lou malnati's or whatever they've done an amazing job yeah i do
5: like it actually but it's not the, it's, it's not the, something that's my not my go-to bill milano is but yeah i will
9: tell you two things though real quick number one Like last year, Mitch Rosen, the PD here, tremendous, brought me coffee, muffins, could not be nicer. That's one, that's awesome. Number two, so when I I got to the airport yesterday and I said, you know, I'm a dummy. Why didn't I just do the show in New York and then fly to Chicago at noon? The game's at 9 p.m., to which I wake up this morning and see there's an FAA computer outage, all flights grounded
5: right now.
2: Isn't that amazing? I mean, with the airlines these days, nothing is amazing yeah. anymore. Don't worry about it. Our
5: transportation <laughs> secretary is all over. I guarantee you.
2: <laughs> 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 Let me tell you something. What's amazing is a plane leaves on time. That's what's amazing these days. What a Fair mess! <laughs> I'll tell you two weeks <laughs> in,
5: three weeks from now, it's going to be. I'll be crisscrossing the country. <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah, all so of us. Are you're flying be... back and forth to do your commercials. Yeah, well, I got to go uh, to wherever the AFC Championship game is. Hmm. Then I got to, I don't know if I'm coming back here or going to L.A. Then I have to come back here. Then I have to go to Cincinnati. By the way, yeah. Danielle Rua again? Yeah. And then nice. we're going to uh,
2: Arizona. Yep. That's right. Going to be a long busy, couple Busy, 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 man. Right. But you know Making what? Making money. The check's clear. You're right. <laughs> All right, Jerry, what's going on over there in Chicago?
9: We are brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Uh, Carlos Correa to the Twins. That was the big story yesterday afternoon, hours after all these quote-unquote insiders were telling us, don't worry, he's going to the Mets. No, he's not. And also, this one's interesting because the Red Sox have had a really crazy off season. Um, Trevor Story out four to five months as he needs surgery on his elbow. And I think it's his throwing elbow as well. So he could be out until like June. So they got all sorts of problems up in Boston. All right, football-wise, we're talking uh, the NFL Wild Card Weekend. That, of course, involves the Giants and the Vikings Sunday at 440. Here is Julian Love again with Tiki and Tierney. You know the deal with Minnesota. They can score, whether you like Kirk Cousins or not. He throws to Justin Jefferson, who's one of the best in the game. Here was Love on that star receiver.
10: He's the guy that makes them go. You watched uh, their last week game, not this week against the Bears, but their last week against uh, the Packers. Yeah, uh, he's the guy who gets it going. If you address him, uh, then you got to make the other guys play ball and make the other guys try to beat you. But that's you know number one priority going into this week.
9: And we'll see if they can do that Sunday. As for the Vikings, their head coach is Kevin O'Connell. Uh, he talks about the Giants' offense and it poses problems in a couple of different fronts.
11: With how they run the ball and and, and Daniel being a factor in the run game, uh, they can be a real challenge uh, to defend. And they do a great job job with the scheme, You know, Mike calling it, and and obviously uh, Dave's running the whole show. So it's going to be a challenge for our defense. They've got to show up, and the expectation is they'll play well.
9: And do you remember yesterday, I played that clip of the reporter saying, you know, you're going to play your starters this week, ha, 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 Dave's, and we were laughing at the Dave's thing. Yeah, Dave's. So apparently Dove told me later on in that press conference, one of the reporters called him coach and he stopped her and said, call me Dabes.
6: Get out of here.
9: So that is something that he actually prefers.
2: Call me Dabes? Call me Dabes. That is the first thing I haven't liked about Brian Dayball since he's gotten here. Everything else has been tremendous.
9: I think Dabes. it's nice like and personable. That'd be like
2: you, but, but that would be like an intern coming and in. Hey, Greg. And you're like, call me Gio. Yeah, I know. But I, no, I'd rather, I'd say call me Greg, actually. That's probably what I would oh, say. But <laughs> I guess. All right. Fine. I mean, Daves, it's just strange. Well, call me, I was surprised. Call me Brian, maybe. Call me Daves. I'm Daves. Exactly. All right.
9: Uh, Also this weekend, you've got, uh, well, Monday, the Cowboys take on the Bucks. Dak Prescott has called. Did he scrap the dick? um
5: (laughs) What? (laughs) What are we doing? What are we doing now?
9: (laughs) I don't know if he's going to play it again, Mr. uh, Happy Fingers. Um, Here was Dak. He has thrown a lot of interceptions, as we know. Some have gone for touchdowns, and they played terrible in Washington.
11: He says, no worries, we'll be good. We've got the right guys in this locker room that, that understand that are mature men that understand that nobody played their best ball. Simple as that. Uh, and so, um, but to be accountable, I'm um, starting with myself, be accountable for, for what, what you put out there, what you did. Um, and then from that, um, understanding that's not who we are and then moving on and knowing what, what we've got ahead of us. And it's one play at a time. The, uh, yes, the intensity, the focus, all that one play at a time, one game at a time.
9: One, yeah, there you go. Now, that play that CBS Sports Network ran, uh, on Sunday in Washington, he ran that play two times in a row, almost got picked off the first time, and then did it again! <laughs> And yes. got picked off and taken the other way for a touchdown. I'll tell you this, Boomer. There's no one that likes Dak more than I do. <laughs> Dak more than I do. <laughs> yeah, you didn't slip yes. up there. Yes, thank you. Yep. That's exactly what went through my head.
7: <laughs> wow. <shut> up.
5: <laughs> 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 he has become he's become difficult to defend yeah, th- no. this
9: year because it's been a struggle. So.
5: It has been. But you know what? Again, you know when you talk about a guy that stands up there and accepts his responsibility. And I love the, the face guy, of the franchise, and as a leader. And yep is calm, cool, Uh, you know, you can't ask for anything better than what he gives you after the game, that's for sure. Couldn't agree with you more.
9: Now go do it on the field. And then one other one, since you played in the 80s, as we hear, um, the whole blue uniform thing, was that a thing in the NFL with the Cowboys? Yeah. It was. So, like, even in Cincinnati, that would be talked about.
5: Yeah, I think so, yeah. But they wore white when they came to us, because we always wore black at home. So you didn't switch like the Giants made them do, or Washington made them do. it's a big thing for them, because they like to wear white understood all I like right their blue jerseys though don't you
9: no they're very good but as a fan and there was this notion that they couldn't win in the blue jerseys which is why teams would make them wear blue so
2: what are the buccaneers doing this week they're, they're making white. them wear blue and by the way they wore blue down in washington and they did. played horribly
9: but they've also had many games that have been very very well played in the blue so I that's that kind of gone but that's right. kind of a funny thing from I, the 80s uh, um here was you guys were talking about sean mcveigh in his future last hour here was mcveigh yesterday there's a lot of layers to
8: this. Um, there's a lot of people that it does affect that I don't take lightly and want to be mindful of. And so I'm going to take the next couple days um, to really be able to kind of reflect.
2: Obviously, a lot of conversations with various people um, that will dictate and determine um, the decision that's best for me, my family, um, the Rams, and a lot of people. And that's kind of where we're at with that. Nice pace to that. He's usually very frantic. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, the season's over now, so he's sort of really- like de-stressing, and he's getting out of football guy mode, and he's thinking about his next step. I don't know. I, what Boomer said this morning makes me think that he is gone. That's it. See you later. Especially if he can make a lot of money in TV. <laughs> yeah, maybe he takes a year off and then goes to TV, but there's no doubt that there will be a TV job waiting for him when sure. he wants it. And I'll tell you this, G. I
9: cannot wait to seek out the game he's
2: doing so I can watch that game. <laughs> yeah,
5: right, well, seriously. I will say this. If he does, you know, if he does that, you know... Some he will be like sought after like Sean Payton is right now when he wants Which to come back he'll come back and he'll pick the right team with the right quarterback and you know, that's that's the problem you know the Rams actually could be a team. That goes for the first pick next year. I don't know if they have the first pick next year. Do they even have their draft pick next year? I'm not even sure. Oh,
9: you right. meant he'd be sought after as a head coach, not as a broadcaster. You know what?
5: I don't think no, they... he will be sought after as a broadcaster. There's no question about that. I'm sure Prime would love to have him, but
2: they don't because they traded it to the Lions with the uh, Matt Stafford deal. That's next year's draft pick. I'm talking about this, not this, think, this year. No, I think it's this year. No, but I'm talking about next year. Oh, oh Caleb Williams what you're talking <laughs> yes. about. Yeah, all right, this year or next year? Is it new report or is it old report?
9: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. One other one from football. Um, John Harbaugh. So they, the Ravens have not played well down the stretch. They played well defensively, but they haven't had Lamar Jackson. Now they play Cincinnati this weekend. So what is the status of Jackson here with Harbaugh?
10: Lamar's been in great spirits. I mean, he's, he has been. He's been working super hard. He's out there again today. I mean, I don't watch the workouts. Uh, with the trainers, it's with the trainers, and, and
9: hopefully it's progressing to the point where we can get to practice it sometime soon. I mean, that's that's really what we're all hoping for, for sure.
2: That does not sound like he's playing anytime soon. Yeah, this is a weird one, especially with the contract situation, hanging yeah. over this whole thing. I mean, if it comes out that Lamar Jackson didn't get on the field and the contract had something to do with it, that's going to be a huge story. <laughs> he doesn't seem like that type of guy to me, but this has been strange. We all expected him back way before... Now and he's—I mean—he's still not out there getting stuff done, and they still can't say he's going to start. This is this is a bad one, and 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 if he doesn't play, even if he does play. But at this point, I mean, you expect the Bengals to just roll in this. Uh, listen, this this is a
5: one of these division games. Look, the Bengals didn't play that great against them this past week, and they sat six starters. Yeah, but and they play I mean, with their third-string quarterback. It's
2: different when you know you're going home, though. You know, just a little bit different. I know, but I, I also think that John Harbaugh.
5: You know, he loves to play mind games with everybody and including his team. And, man, he's going to love this week of coaching and trying to get his team geared up to take out the favored Bengals. And, you know, he's they're soft and he'll, he'll use all of the psychological drama that he can.
9: Their lack of scoring is concerning.
5: Though. It is. But they get turnovers. That's for sure. They do. Uh,
9: they did give Roquan Smith a five year deal worth one hundred million dollars. So he got out of Chicago because they wouldn't give him that deal. He gets it in Baltimore. NBA tonight, you've got the Knicks taking on the Pacers last night. How about Donovan Mitchell? I know they lost 116-114, but he goes to Utah, and uh, he scores 46 against the Jazz. But again, they lost the game, so I guess what does it matter? Uh, Suns beat the Warriors 125-113, despite the fact that one Steph Curry was back after a few weeks out with injury.
11: I felt like I got stronger as the game went on, which uh, is... Exciting knowing, you know, body will respond, Uh, coming on this road trip and be able to continue to build my endurance back to where it was before
14: before the injury.
11: Yep. I mean, it's like the NBA
2: regular season is just like a a, a warm-up show. It's like you guys from five to six. You know, it's just like, I just a warm-up show, just one hour. You know, just throw it out there, have a good conversation, that's it, we'll go home. That's what it feels like. I mean, I'm sorry. It does. Just, so the warm-up show is useless. I didn't say it's useless. It's just not. It's just like an hour. You know, you get some topics out there, whatever. You work on some stuff. But really, like the podcast is your big we thing. You work on some
5: stuff. But, you know, the, 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 problem, the problem with the, the NBA regular season is Jerry's finding out with his own team. You know, you lose a guy for a month uh, like Kevin Durant or the way the Warriors lost Steph Curry for the last few weeks. I mean, that that's the impact there's potential for injury you know that's the sure, thing
2: but i mean it's really just get those guys back and start playing well toward the last two or three weeks of the regular season that's all that matters right. i mean the nba's got a big problem with their regular season is the point i mean and i don't know how to fix it i i really don't know how but, do we fix the warm-up show no i don't, i don't know i just it was just a joke and i said sort of like a warm-up thing and jerry took that very personally yeah, i he, took that personally you, you yeah. did you did I did.
9: I've all uh, Saint John's beat butler seventy seven. All I
2: do is talk about how I listen to the warm up show, give you kudos, big nothing, supporter all the time. And the you know one what, time Who that I just make a little <laughs> bit of a comment, you all of a sudden you're sensitive about it, and now you make me. I
5: can't me. sit here just
2: take it. Come on now. Nor oh, would you, like,
5: you know what they're they're like Eli Manning, you know, when he when he when he ambushed me on the Manning cast. <laughs> oh, knock it off, you you know, Mr. Eli what, hater. This is what these guys are like. Yeah, I'm Eli sucks. Eli sucks. Eli sucks. I supported you sensitive. in 07,
9: but I hated you for ten years after. Uh, they, uh, they all get mm-hmm. so overly sensitive. It's unrightful. We know you, Boomer. <laughs> okay, Boomer. Uh, Seton, I'll beat Georgetown sixty six fifty one. And we hear from your coach Gerard Galunt. The Rangers were down two nothing, three two comeback and beat the wild in a shootout four three.
10: We should have had three or four goals in that first period, obviously, and we outplayed them. I like the way we played the game, and, you know, we come out of the period, we're down 2 nothing. So it was a funny period, but you got to move on and then battle back, and that's what the guys talked about between periods. Hey, shootout goals
9: from Capo, Caco, and Artemi Panarin, and Philip Heal tied the game uh, in the third period. Devils beat the Hurricanes 5-3, Dawson Mercer with two goals, and the Islanders lost a shootout to the Stars by the score of 2-1. to all right, thank you, Jerry. You look like a
11: fat
2: piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming to you live from the Bill Ford Top Studio. That comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. We touched on it a little bit earlier, but we had that call yesterday from a jockey, a retired jockey who saw a boomer ride a donkey in Ohio 40 years ago for some charity situation. And he called up and he goes, yeah, I mean, Boomer, do you remember that? I think Dave Remington won the race. We had a funny conversation about that. And because he was so engaging, I said, hey, what do you do now that you're a retired jockey? He goes, I'm a professional sports gambler and I win college basketball bets. I win Major League Baseball bets and I'm on a 10 in a row heater. And he goes, my game tonight is the Ohio Bobcats minus two over Ball State. And we talked to him about six or seven minutes. He was awesome. He convinced us. The whole audience got behind him. And last night was amazing when Ohio covered. And the whole audience had this celebration last night. Now I don't know if he's gonna call today. I don't see him up on the board yet.
5: He'll most likely call. But
2: he's got his Twitter account that we told him to change a name and do some
5: you know, do a little bit better job
2: of his resume. Right, exactly. We've got him over three thousand three hundred followers at this point. It's like Edward B. five six nine four it's all these different <laughs> numbers. He's gotta change it to Eddie B, the sports jockey or something like that. So he, I did see on his Twitter account that he is that he's given out winners again. He said he's he's going to bet something tonight, but I'd like him to call us and explain what's going on and then talk about last night as well. All right, well, eleven game heater is pretty good. Yeah, eleven game heater for sure. Yes. Uh, let's go to uh, Mike, who's on Long Island. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how you doing, fellas? What's up? Hey, listen, I
12: just wanted to. Uh, we got to get a hold of this guy. We, we got to get him back on the show. I rode with him last night. Up now about five, four, and a half, four units. Uh, we we got to get a hold of this guy. Four I heard him units. on, decided to ride with him, and we got to get him back
2: on here. Yeah, I, I think that, and not only, see, the thing about giving out the winners or whatever, everybody's going to have their losses. Not everybody's going to be 100%. Not anybody's going to be 90%. But he's so damn entertaining. That that's the part of it. People want to hear what he has to say. So hopefully he does call up again. Maybe we'll get his number. Uh, we've hit big on two guys, by the way. Yusef in the beginning of the season, even though he fell back, and now Eddie B just yeah. shows you anybody can do we it. We won't right? let him go
12: until he dies. You know, until he's done. We should just let him ride, and then you know. Let's
2: see how far he can go. I'll ride with him. Yeah, but the problem is we didn't jump on like in the beginning of the 10-game winning streak. So like, you know, now (laughs) we're
5: starting a new streak. We're starting a
2: new streak, right? So now everybody's one for one, but I'm glad that you followed him, and I'm glad that you ended up uh, winning some money last night. Uh, Let's go to Michael and Dumont. What's going on, Michael?
14: Yo, Boomer, Geo, what's going on? Hey, man? good morning, Michael. What's happening? Uh, not much. Uh, longtime listener. Um, I just wanted to, uh, to uh, my uncle uh, passed away on uh, Saturday uh, from uh, Dumont, Gary Winkle. longtime listener uh, forever. Was a truck driver listened to you guys Listen to Boomer and Geo. And, um, you know, I just wanted to, uh, you know, give my condolences, you know, to him and to our whole family. But, you know, he was a diehard Jet fan, Alabama fan, Yankee fan. And you know he, you know, 67, and we lost him too soon. And you know he deserves his uh, flowers, and he deserves his flowers on the radio station today for being such a diehard fan to this radio station, and also to our uh, New York sports team. So you know today's going to be a rough day, but you know, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to get through it. And uh, Uncle Gary, we all love you. And uh, I just want to do this for him. J-E-T-F.
2: Jet jet jets yeah, Michael, listen, I know it's gonna be uh very tough for you anytime that you lose someone that you love it's it's very difficult, but I think what you did there was was awesome, and you and you got through it, and I'm sure everybody in your family is smiling, and we're so happy uh that this radio station and this show brought him joy while he was with us for his sixty seven years, so Uh, Very, very cool to hear all of that, and that's the stuff that you're going to focus on now today in a tough day because it is too soon at 67, but you're going to think about all those great memories that you had with them to have a smile on your face. You know, the amazing thing is is that his uncle, right, uh, Gary, right, and uh, you
5: think about all of our listeners that got on board with Eddie Brown (laughs) last night, Yeah, and Twitter was on fire. I mean, it was on fire last night. It just goes to show you just how deep this radio program and this radio station goes into our communities.
2: Absolutely. Let's go to Frank, who's in Madawan. What's up, Frank? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are you? All right, good
4: Frankie, Frank. what's happening, brother? Hey, so on this Carrasco uh, thing, I think that uh, if I was Cohen, I'd be really upset at that Because I think that the deal that the twins struck with them was was something was, was something that Apple should have proposed. Apple was, you know, the $41 million differential is, is nothing for Cohen. It really, what what, what persuaded Carrasco was the, the vesting Correa, option. Correa, 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 Correa. So what, what really uh, was the vesting option, Apple was insisting on an annual physical as opposed to the twins who got creative and said, okay, it's based on a batch." So I thought that was perfectly reasonable. At, at most of you. doesn't make the at-bats. You know, he's on the hook for one year and then he can get out of the contract. What do you folks think about that? If I'm Cohen, I'm really, you know, Epler's just in that. Well,
2: listen, there's nothing that Billy Epler is going to do that Steve Cohen's not going to try to figure out. And by the way, I think Scott Boris and Steve Cohen have that relationship now that I don't believe That Scott Boris wouldn't have gone back to Steve Cohen, especially when you're talking about how excited Carlos Correa uh, was when he first found out that he was going to the Mets. I'd be very surprised they broke off the deals, went to the Twins. The Twins had a a more enticing offer that the Mets didn't have an opportunity to match. That's just speculation on my part, but it's an educated guess. I don't think this was an outsmarting thing. I think the Mets said, we're going to take it to this point because of what the medicals say, and that's as far as we're going to go. This is our guaranteed number. If you want to be a Met, this is what we're going to pay you. And, oh, by the way, we're going to give you an opportunity to make more than any of these other teams are going to give you an opportunity to make, especially the Minnesota Twins, if you end up playing. So I think what really happened was that they weren't budgeting on the guaranteed money. The Twins were giving them more guaranteed money. And Scott Boris is like, listen, you cannot take a deal. That's less guaranteed money by this much because that sets an awful precedent for all my other clients and everybody else. You're spot on. You're spot on. By the way, so
5: Carlos Correa uh, looks like I think he made th- was $32 million maybe this year, I guess. I'm looking at their spot track uh, contract situation for the Twins. The next closest guy on that team is uh, Byron Buxton at $15 million. Yeah, I mean that, you know, this is, this team could spend the money, extra money, and get their superstar player, if you will, and not have to worry about any sort of other luxury tax. You know, Carlos Correa, unfortunately, is going to be, you know, it's a, it's a team that is in a division that they consistently do well in. Uh, but when they get to the playoffs, what happens? The Yankees smash them. Right, exactly. Like the Yankees are to the Twins what the Astros are to the Yankees.
2: Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. I think you know, I think that this helps them. I mean, obviously, it didn't help mole that much last year, but it helps them from a business standpoint. That's for sure. All right, we. I don't want to go to him now. He is on the line. I don't want to go to Eddie yet because I want a little more time with him when we're up against the break. But uh, I'm sure the Twins fans are excited. I don't know how excited Carlos Correa is, but if Major League Baseball started doling out if owners started giving players and general managers. Uh, giving players contracts that were written like, hey, you get this much guaranteed. Like NFL contracts? NFL contracts. (laughs) The union would be absolutely apoplectic. Right, but
5: what did I tell you uh, when this whole thing started coming down? I told you that there's something here that's on the financial side of baseball that both Scott Boris and... uh, Uh, Correa have to understand that they're going to have to come off of that those numbers that they initially agreed to with the Giants and the Mets because on the other side of baseball they're not going to be able to get these contracts insured because it tells me that everybody that looked at this ankle of his or his lower leg is saying that this is a six year thing and then it's going to have to go in there and we're going to have to fix it again. And to me, that's what really scared off the Giants and the Mets. But the Mets, you know, they made what I felt like is a really fair offer for him. Let's split it in half and we'll pay you the half up front, guaranteed, you know, the first six years. And then as we move forward, you can make the same amount of money, but you're going to have to bet on yourself what the... What the twins did here is they just gave him 200 million over the first six years, as opposed to the 157.5 that the Mets were offering. And then they have this vesting option, which ultimately is going to end up paying him less overall than the Mets would have paid him overall, but he's not trusting it. That's yes. why he took that deal in Minnesota.
2: Right. Absolutely. that That's exactly what went on. And I know that everybody wants to make a different type of storyline out of this. And oh, I guess Steve Cohen is in big bed, Steve Cohen or I don't know, whatever. Saying, I, but a saying, lot of, of don't Yankee know. fans are saying that. Oh, so
5: what? Who cares? I
2: do because it's I mean, the Yankee fans really care. Like if we say, hey,
5: you know, don't you know, don't, uh, you know. Puncture that salary cap. Yes, they do.
2: Oh, that gets them. Or a luxury tax. That gets them. Oh, yeah. You think that gets them? Oh, yeah. Frugal Hal. Well, then just say that back to them, then. That's what I've been doing. (laughs) Hi, Boomer and Geo. Coming to you live. Bill Ford, Talk studio on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Just explained the whole situation with our buddy from Maryland who called up yesterday trying to see if Boomer remembered riding a donkey at an Ohio racetrack 40 years ago. He did have a vague memory of that. Kentucky racetrack. Kentucky, okay. I thought it was in Ohio. But a Kentucky racetrack. And uh, you did have a vague memory of that, but then the conversation continued when I asked what our buddy Eddie was doing now that he was a retired jockey and talked about being a professional gambler. Was bets on Major League Baseball, bets on college basketball, and he was on a 10-game heater, and his pick last night was Ohio Bobcats minus two over Ball State. He nailed it. A lot of the audience was in on it. It was a celebration last night. Everybody's doing Casamigos shots. People won money. <laughs> and Eddie's Twitter account went from 23 followers when he called us yesterday to over 3,000 right now and he joins us this morning Eddie first off congratulations thank you (laughs) how'd you feel last night with everybody following you and you watching that game are you sweating it out well let me explain something
15: I felt horrible in the first half when they were down by 14, and I'm getting these nasty Twitters, Uh, you're you're a fraud and this and that. I said, look, I had Alcorn State last night, and they played bad in the first half, and they covered
2: easily. The game ain't over. Right. It's too early, too early to make the judgments.
15: But you know how people are.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
7: Yeah,
5: okay. <laughs> well, you went, you know, Eddie, you got to realize that you went from basically being an anonymous person out there doing whatever you were doing on Twitter to now all of a sudden people following you and knowing who you are and hearing you yesterday. And this is the price you pay when, when fame comes along with what you're doing. True, true. You got to get over that. You got to get over all the negativity. Don't pay any attention to it. That's a great
2: point that I hadn't thought of, Boomer. This is something that you have to now. You got to make that adjustment. You're not just anonymous anymore. You had to make that adjustment. Absolutely. Look at the adjustment you've made over the last six years. You got to make that adjustment, Eddie. So just just understand that you do you, and there's going to be a lot of noise around you, but you do you, and don't get caught up in the negativity, Eddie. Okay. I got you, guys. Uh, They're
15: split at the church on the sin of gambling. Half of them
2: think it's all right because I threw on well, the stock market's gambling, right? Yeah, and I mean, right. Of, on that. of of course, okay. listen, listen. That that's not a
5: discussion that, that- again. You 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 you're focusing on the negative. We're yeah. we're focusing on the positive that we positive. found you or you found us. You you gave us that donkey story, donkey. <laughs> and uh, I found out that I did win the race, and Dave had to carry his donkey across the finish line. But what's more important about all of this? Or the most important thing about all of this is that you were right. You did, and you bet on something that actually happened last night, and we all watched it with you. Yeah. I mean, I and-
15: it was a. Oh, oh, oh. The biggest broadcast
2: regular season MAC conference game of the year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. You're you're absolutely right. Um, so before we get to your uh, pick for tonight, and we'll see how confident you are in that as you pick one game uh, per night. I will say that you're basically like a a commercial for responsible legal gambling. You make one bet. You don't do it outside of your means, and that's that, and you're up. It's not like you're going crazy or you're chasing everything. It's one game a night, and it's within your budget, and you're not someone, and it's legal. What you're doing is legal, so don't worry about any yeah. of that noise. So just celebrate today, will you? It actually bums me out that you're focusing on that as opposed to you nailing it last night with the Bobcats and winning all the people in our audience a ton of money.
15: But the other 23 followers started from the beginning, and they verified it on Twitter, which is good. Now, I had a $100 bet tonight. Okay. California Baptist plus one and a half at home against
2: Utah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Let's go. California Baptist. Now, I did... <laughs> I did see California Baptist <laughs> I did see Eddie on your Twitter account that you're not betting as much as you did on Ohio because you're not as confident in this bet is that correct
15: Right, right and one my big confidence was Rutgers plus eight and a half at the beginning of the streak over Purdue I didn't think they were gonna win but I knew they'd cover the eight and a half
2: okay. So, what do you want to tell your followers about this? Like, be a little bit careful. Don't bet as much. You're confident. It's your pick of the night. But, you know, don't really go all in. Is that what you're trying to tell everybody?
15: Yeah, I'm saying, you know, I'm not as strong on this one as last night or last week with a couple
2: of them. Okay. All right. That's fine. And that's fair. What what conference do they play in? Uh...
15: Maybe might be uh, the whack, maybe? <laughs>
2: the whack. yeah, that would make <laughs> sense. Who the hell
5: are they playing?
15: Utah Valley. <laughs> oh, Utah <laughs> Valley? <laughs> California
5: Baptist and Utah Valley. All right, California Baptist. I mean, I see Abilene Christian versus UT Rio uh, Grand Valley State or somebody. This is a this is 10
15: o'clock game. They'll have the Lancers at the bottom for California Baptist, I believe, because... Uh, I don't think they're putting California Baptist off on
2: some of the sites. Well, well, we gotta. I mean, we gotta be and picking games that King. people can bet on here, though. You know what I'm saying? You
15: can bet it. You can bet it. I bet it on DraftKings already.
2: Oh, you did? Okay.
5: Yeah. Well, the amazing yeah, thing yeah, is, is that
2: what what's really interesting
5: about this is he picked you know Ohio versus Ball State last night. <laughs> like nobody was thinking about that game except for the people. That want Ohio and Ball State or go to school there or whatever, or guys that are betting on it like Eddie. That's it. Right, right, absolutely. So that's why he's picking these, like, rando games out of the middle of nowhere. Well, I think it's smart, though. Yeah, so do I. Uh Let me
15: explain something about that. (laughs) Vegas does not concentrate on the lines with them because they don't have very much money. That's where you can catch a bad line.
5: Yeah, but how would you know whether or not it's a bad line unless right. you know who the hell California Baptist is? All right. So, by the I've way, been
15: this, I've been doing this before it was
2: legal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I somehow here. don't doubt that, Eddie. Uh, yeah. So I did find it, by the way. So we're we're a DraftKings family here, Eddie. I mean, a FanDuel family. We're not a DraftKings family, so okay, we're gonna have to I ask have you to switch over to FanDuel. All right. So I'm listen.
15: All
2: right. Yes. Okay. So very good. So we are a FanDuel people here, and uh, we don't uh, mention the other names. So here we are with uh, FanDuel. You could bet on them. Look at it right now on FanDuel Sportsbook. What's the number you have?
15: And they give a hell
2: of a bonus. Yes, that's right. They do give a hell of a bonus. That is right. Uh, So it's Utah Valley at Cal Baptist. Cal Baptist plus one and a half right now. It is is available for you to bet on there on FanDuel Sportsbook. So, all right. All right. Very good. So you're saying last night more confident. You still like this one tonight, um, but not as confident and we're going to ride with you again. Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. Now, do you know any players on these teams? Have you studied these teams at all? Or yeah, are you listening yeah, to... S-
15: yeah, I, I, I look at the matchups. That's why when I took Rutgers in the eight and a half, I figured Amore's going to slow Edie down and their defense would pressure those freshman guards so much that they would cover that line. Now, I didn't think they were going to win. Okay. But they did win. All
2: right. All right, very good. Any other questions here for uh, Eddie the Jockey before I let him go at this point? Should we? Should we? Should probably get his number if we ever needed to uh, reach out to him. But I'm sure he could just uh, <laughs> he could just call. Eddie. Us. Uh,
5: did you? Do you ever know of anybody that's ever fixed a horse race or anything? Any jockeys uh, ever do that? Uh,
15: yes, uh, I wasn't involved in it, but they had to go to the grand jury one time. Uh, several jockeys that fixed the race and. Uh, I was talking to P.J. Cooks, the famous woman jockey. Docu- I said, "Look, they're one of the grand juries next week for fixing the races. What do you think about that?" And she goes, "They're too dumb to fix the race." And I said, "You got a good point."
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eddie. I'm I'm looking at your Twitter account, by the way, that now is up to three thousand seven hundred and fifty nine followers. You did write, "I'm trying to call in, and the line is busy." We did get you on, which is good. But the the tweet previous to that one is. I have some unbelievable stories that are all true. Yes. What is I that have about?
3: Some good ones.
2: Okay. And would you Do like you to, want to hear sh- one? I would like to hear one, as as long as it doesn't implicate somebody's personal life in a way that would get us in trouble. I think okay, that yes. a story would be good.
15: Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a real good one. It's and the guy's dead now. He was uh, he owned a couple horses, and he was the head of the fraternal order of police in Cincinnati, Ohio. His name was Elmer Dunaway's, deceased now. So I rode one of his horses, and it won. He said, come see me at the clubhouse bar after you're done. I got something for you. I said, okay, I'll be out. I said, I go out. I figure he's going to give me a 100, maybe two. Sometimes they used to do that. And he hands me this card with his name on it, signed it's a white, you know, like a little business card and it was stenciled in green. So I said, what am I going to do with this there? Throw it in the wallet. One night I'm drunk driving.
2: Not good. Not good. Not not good. Drunk driving jockey in that situation. I'm 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 sure you regret uh, it.
15: I was young.
2: Would you have one drink?
15: No. (laughs) But I had a few. Okay. So I just pulled over. I said, I don't know. I'm going to jail. I said, oh, that card, that card. So I pulled the card out and I handed, they said, pull the car over in there. We're calling you a cab. I said, that was worth more than 100
2: Wow, that is a good story. And uh, you never drunk drove again, right? No. Okay, very good. Making sure. All right, that is is that. That is a good one. You are a, a wealth of entertainment and knowledge. <laughs> Edward Brown. And I have a lot
15: more that good like that whole yeah.
2: All right, all right, very well, we'll good. save it for next time. Yeah, we'll save it for it next time. Uh, Al, yeah, should, yeah. should we get his number? I, I, I have it. Oh, uh, you have his number. Okay. All right, very good. When are we going to get this Twitter account changed, man? No one wants to follow Edward B4569. Yeah, what's, yeah, what's she have doing? This weekend. I'll
5: have it done by Monday.
2: I mean, if your girlfriend's a receptionist, this should have been done already. All right, we'll get it done. All right, and then we need to see, like, a picture. If you could send Al, you've got his number, you text, I'm assuming, right? You're a texting person? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, text text Al a couple of old pictures of you as a jockey. You have a couple of those? Yeah, I got some. All right, and we'll decide which one would be good for your Twitter avatar, all right? Or the fans yeah. can vote. Or the fans could yeah. vote, too. Yeah, may, maybe that as well. But we'll, we oh, want to yeah. make this, we want to help you get this Twitter account flying and get as much attention to it as possible because we think you deserve it.
15: Yeah, and i built up from starting at $20. Now the bottom's 100 But in Maryland, we used to have to go to the casino. No more. The with Juan was it? Casino Live in, in Arungle County. It's the best casino in Maryland.
5: Yeah, look but, at that. See. But no more, because uh, sports betting is live now in Maryland.
15: Yes, yes. Thank God I, got. I can use the uh, phone. Right. I used to, you know, sometimes I couldn't Bang. make it down there. So yeah. I missed a good bet but now you can do it online. Maryland was the only state that kept you offline for
2: a year. Yeah, yes. well, now you're in there, man. And now you can use your FanDuel app and get it all done. All right, Eddie, we'll That's talk right. to you sooner. All right? All right, thank
15: you. All right, Let's see, see Eddie. It's, it's, it's Eddie. All right, so
2: there yeah. you go. So California
6: Baptist tonight. Somebody told me on Twitter that it's already gone up one and a half points. Oh, since the God. stuff. <laughs>
2: Did it really? Of course it didn't. Because yeah, nobody's betting on it, man. <laughs> and everybody's flooding in. Uh, See, that's the problem. What we need to do is if we want to get in on these bets, we have to get it. We from, have to get it before we go on air. With right, right, exactly. We exactly. can get that line. It's crazy. But did he put it out on his Twitter before he came on with yeah, us? He did, but obviously this is, you know, when you're on the air like this, it's a different situation. We're talking about... You know, three thousand people on Twitter that may not see it. You think about the audience that we have that are immediately going to their Fanduel. I said, I got a Hundy on California Baptist. (laughs) I mean, what? So that's just an algorithm that sees the the action and then will move the line automatically. Well, yeah, when money comes in, yeah, sure, uh, absolutely. No, 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 absolutely. Because of course, it's, it's, it's an algorithm that limits risk.
5: For the house, for the house. Yeah. So you know, tell them how it works in the NFL because there's a lot more money being.
2: Oh my in the god! NFL. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that, that. So when a line moves dramatically late in the week, that means that someone made a significant wager on a particular thing. We're right. talking millions. millions. Yes. Yeah. So when you see something happen like early in the week, it's just people like bouncing around and money's going on each side, and it can move. But if you're sitting there on like Saturday. When you see a line go from like minus three to minus five. you're like, "Whoa oh, what happened here <laughs> what happened here so it is sort of fascinating if you get into it,
6: but is there anybody watching like these random nothing games like this like now now all of a sudden bets are going in for this game does
2: somebody's And golf and say, is there something going on with this game? Sure, but not, I'm sure, with the amount of money that's being bet here. Like Even though it'll be a significant amount when you total it up with our audience, but you know where things got caught was in tennis. So there were actually fixed tennis matches. It was another country somewhere. I forget exactly where it was, but all this money would come in, like massive amounts of money, $500,000 bets on the most random tennis player. You know, like Schmidvedev <laughs> would get and know like the hundred and seven thousandth player in the world, and the books were like, "What? Why is somebody betting a half a million on him?" Right. So if if this really got crazy, like someone would look into it, especially at a low level college basketball game, because it'd be like one of these kids could easily be influenced. But I don't think that Not our this. audience is going to do that that much with it. I mean, but if one of our, I'll tell you this: if we have a wealthy listener. Who's like a hedge fund guy or something, and he loves Eddie the Jockey, and he puts a million dollars on this game or something like that, then there's going to be an investigation for sure. There 100% will be. That's crazy. Now, can we watch this game tonight? Is this an ESPN Plus game? Probably not. There's no way. Uh, Andrew is uh, telling us yes. You can watch this game? So Stephen Waldron took the day off with his voice? ESPN Plus. Andrew, you're you're up. No, hey, Andrew, what happened to Steven? No, he's here. He just can't talk. He really can't talk. He's that bad, huh?
6: He could talk. You just can't really it's understand. He sound better than him.
2: yesterday. Oh, he does sound a little better than yesterday. Okay. It's Andrew just stepping in. He's just squashing Steven to get his own shot. Oh, well, he's
6: shipping him. He's the right? like head of ESPN
13: Plus games.
2: Yeah. <laughs> a little shiv spot again.
6: It's yes. like when yeah. they have, like
2: when, they got, when
6: they Andrew the
13: took
2: over for, for Mirage. Yeah. <laughs> little shank spot. Uh, all right. So you're telling me I can watch Utah Valley. California Baptist tonight on ESPN+. Andrew?
13: Hello? Yes, I just went to the uh, Utah Valley schedule. It has a little ESPN Plus logo (laughs) next to it.
2: All right, here we go. It's going to be the most streamed college basketball game of the night. I can (laughs) tell you that much. (laughs) Wow. Utah Valley State and Cal Baptist. All right, here we go, Eddie. You know what I'm going to ask you? I, I I, I have no idea. Okay. It's the Utah Valley Wolverines and the Cal Baptist Lancers. So let's Eddie go. Said
5: Lancers. Ava, Eddie said Lancers this morning uh, in that call. Oh, the ed- the other right, 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 I right. might have missed it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the Lancers on my phone. He's got that I know. accent, that deep Maryland accent. I know. Now <laughs> I can make bets from home on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's great with FanDuel home. I can stay home with my phone. <laughs> Boomer, <laughs> you make bets from your home on your phone. Boomer, <laughs> remember racing that donkey, donkey. <laughs> right, Gio, I'm Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Jerry Recco out in Chicago this morning, but he's still doing our New York sports updates. Everybody's very nice to you out there, which is a good thing that Mitch Rosen's a big uh, wig in the company. So if he's treating you well, that means that you are a big deal, Jerry Recko. You Ricker. are a big deal, Jerry Di- Recco.
9: Well, I don't know about that, but they treat me very nicely. Ryan Porth, Mitch Rosen, Brandon, the, uh, the morning show producer, they all got this thing rolling, so... And Spike was involved, so everybody's been great
5: actually. Man, it's like an Oscar speech. Uh by the way, <laughs> That's right. Uh, you are the like voice of think, Rutgers and the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean I mean, they should be treating you. And like the New it.
2: Jersey Sportscaster of the Year as well. No, 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 no. No longer. Eric
9: Legrand is the new oh, sportscaster really? okay. of the new Jersey. Yes. Oh. Congratulations to Eric. Congratulations. I saw that come
2: across yesterday. <laughs> That's awesome. Um so Mitch Rosen, I think, runs the BetQL network now, Terry. Is that true? Yeah, you should talk to him about that and be like, hey, a little side job, add another thing to your plate while you're at it.
9: <laughs> Why not? I've got time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be coaching baseball this year, right, for the first time ever, so your spring's open? Well, I'm an assistant coach. Oh, okay, you're But
9: you're coach. right, I do not have the same responsibilities that I have had the past 13 years. That is true.
2: All right, very good. So what's uh, happening in sports, Jerry? Uh, brought to you by
9: Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com and brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire or nobody. Let me so how about this? You guys just were talking about FanDuel, right? Uh, with the jockey. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep,
9: yep. So I just saw this. So this is kind of neat, actually. So Rob Gronkowski is gonna do a live commercial for FanDuel during the Super Bowl, <laughs> in which he is going to attempt a field goal. Okay. Now, wow. I don't know if this is on the field in Phoenix or if it's going to be somewhere else. And I guess the idea is if you bet five bucks for him to attempt this thing, you get like, you know, free bets and stuff like that. So
5: I thought that was kind of cool. That is
2: a well, new idea. Well,
5: the Vandal is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Um, This could be a huge deal for Rob to do it actually on the field in Arizona, like in between quarters or something. Sure. I suppose. Yeah. I, I think it that sounds that cool, way. though.
2: I and could I, do it anywhere. I mean, do it at a neutral location, put them outside in one of those fields, you know, that they build. It put the uh, uprights out there, I mean, I, wherever it is. But I think that that's, that's fun. I mean, that's a new, different thing. I've never seen that before in a Super Bowl commercial. And the fact that you'd be able to wager on it, too, I think is another cool thing.
9: And very cool of him to donate to the DeMar Hamlin GoFundMe page. As he donated $6,900.
5: Wow. wow, yeah, of course he did. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll tell you one thing. Damar Hamlin fundraising 69! Over $8 million. Is that where it is I now? I I'll tell you, that, that creates a lot of, I mean, it's going to create a lot of problems for Demar. I mean, just, just handling all of that money and where it's going to go and how it's going to get there and making sure that it does what it's supposed to do. Yeah, I mean. I a mean, problem to have, though. It yeah. is a good problem. But, you know, let me just tell you, so being in this space for a long time. Uh, you know, I know what that does and how that could, you know. It's just you got to just make sure everything's done the right way, and right. there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. It's not just hey, everybody's giving me money; I'm just going to turn around and give it away. There's a lot of legalities
2: that go into this, right? And also, you can. I think it was for toys for underprivileged kids in the Pittsburgh area where he grew up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he could he could expand that easily. Sure. He could
5: do that in Buffalo. He could do that yeah. in Cincinnati if he wants. He could. I mean, I, I don't know how it's structured. I don't know, how, and, I, and I saw where his foundation is, is separate from that GoFundMe page. You know what I mean? Mm,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, and now so, it's a
5: weird, it's a weird dynamic, and he's he'll have to figure it all out. So, I'm sure his agent and his rep and all everybody else
2: should be helping him, and people will be watching too, making sure that everything's by the board and well, everything
5: else. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, with the GoFundMe page, you just got to make sure. Remember, we did that, the house out in East Islip? Mm -hmm. And we got the Joe, uh, we got the Joe, um, the Winter Center for Autism involved because they could handle the money. You know, we we could have done a GoFundMe page, but I'd much rather have somebody who could handle the money in that arena and dealing with that group uh, would be much better to handle it than somebody that arbitrarily sets up a GoFundMe page and has no idea what to do with it. So that GoFundMe
9: page boomer was done for the toys. Charity as opposed to after he got injured.
5: I think he said, yeah, I think he had said, you know, he did. He set it up beforehand Mm -hmm. and they're like, it was like $2,500. And then the moment that he got injured and we all witnessed what we witnessed on Monday night, everybody now all of a sudden wants to find out who DeMar Hamlin is. Everybody Googles him. And then you find out who this young man is and, and what staying in Pittsburgh meant to him and how he was trying to give back to his community in Pittsburgh. And everybody just flooded the GoFundMe page. And you know that that is probably the most shocking thing that he woke up to. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Think about that for a minute. Think about telling his maybe his dad told him or his mom told him, "Demar, do you realize what your story has done here and how it has impacted right toys for tots to the point of over eight million dollars and the second biggest thing he was shocked by was the giants are in the playoffs he was like what (laughs) are you kidding me what how long have i been asleep but that but that there's there's a lot of things that go along with trying to get that money to where it needs to go
2: yeah no Uh, absolutely but i mean it was that that was one of the great things that came out of this whole thing is seeing everybody step up in that way
5: Alright, well,
9: Julian Love is not surprised the Giants are in the playoffs. He's been there all season long, and here he is talking about their big game against the Vikings and getting this thing underway Sunday.
10: Guys are fired off. You know, playoff time is an exciting time. A lot of us haven't been in this position. I haven't been in this position. And so that juice that you have early in the season, maybe you're running to every ball, you're going all out, like that is back. And so we're, we're really excited for this opportunity.
9: And that was Love with Tiki and Tierney yesterday on the fan. Uh also this weekend, of course, you got Seahawks, Niners, Chargers, Jaguars on Saturday. Everything ends up on Monday night with the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. And Jerry Jones on the fan in Dallas uh yesterday was reminded how his team has never beaten one Tom Brady so far here. Oh, and seven against Brady, who of course has been with the Patriots and now the Buccaneers. Can they make it one and seven? Or my God, will they be oh and eight?
4: When you really think about it, we're not playing Brady. Uh, Brady is, uh, you say, well, in this game, quarterback, uh, the fact that he's quarterback teams that you haven't beaten, uh, with him quarterbacking. But, boy, we're playing the entire well, We're playing Tampa Bay, the team. And uh, it's, inconce- it's inconceivable that we could uh, make ba- Brady not play well and get their tails beat by the rest of the team. And I'm not trying to be cute, but we've got to go play the entire team. And this Brady thing has uh, got to be sensitive. I I know it's there, and I respect that. gives us a challenge to do something I've done before, and that's be Tom Brady. The whole
7: interview?
9: (laughs) Well, it's close. (laughs) Uh I tell you what, his interviews are 25 minutes because he doesn't stop talking.
2: Yeah, Which is yeah, great. Oh, well, which is great. Because he, yes, always, he says something interesting. It's not like Brian Cashman interviews that go on that long. He says nothing. Jim remember, Jones, he's still sucking on Sunday. That's right. I'm still sucking on that.
9: Uh, we <laughs> get sucked
4: on that all week.
9: <laughs> all week. <laughs> um, also from the NFL. So, remember, we were talking yesterday about uh, the job openings and the head coaching vacancies around the league, and we were talking about. I think Juji was talking about Jeff Saturday. thinks he's going to go in and he's got a great shot at getting the job and staying on as head coach of the Colts. Where here is Chris Ballard yesterday.
12: He's going to be a candidate. Okay, he'll go through the process just like everybody else. Be interesting to hear his his vision, um, how he wants to build it. I mean, he'll go through the whole interview process.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is how it's going to go. Uh, Jim Irsay is going to wake up one day in a bad mood, and he's going to make a decision on this. Yes. <laughs> it's either going to be Jeff Saturday well, or somebody else.
5: I mean, he, I he, feel bad for Chris Ballard. Right. You like, know, he's a legitimate guy, and everybody respects him, and he always does things the right way. Um, and he's just in a, a whirlwind of a
2: blender right now. With a yeah, I mean, the, listen, Jim Irsay may wake up and hire George Santos to be the new head coach <laughs> of the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts because he's put on his resume he was a college football head coach. Who the hell knows? I mean, Chris Ballard's not making any decision when it comes to this head coach. Clearly, he had nothing to do with that fiasco earlier on in the year with the quarterback situation and Frank Reich, and and of course bringing in Jeff Saturday. So it's something I saw Chris Ballard say where he's like, you know, this society we live in now. He was doing this whole thing. This society we live in now doesn't allow for failure, and if you have a bad year, you get canceled. And I was like, no, that's not what's going on. You're not getting canceled. I mean, your team stunk, and your fans want more out of what the hell happened, and you, and th- that's what they're asking for. So if you're not good at your job, yeah, you might end up getting fired from your yeah, job. It's not I, getting
5: canceled. I think it would have been interesting had Carson Wentz been there one more year. You know, and I know that people have this. You know, we all have a down take on Carson, especially with the way that he ended last year and this year. But you know, he had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions for Indianapolis. You know, that was his best year, mm. and one more year there, I think. He probably, I, I think he probably would have gotten them to the playoffs. But, you know, because of his performance the last two games of last year, you know, Jim Irsay said, I don't want him as my quarterback. Get him out of here. That one in Jacksonville, Boomer, was terrible. I know it was. I'm just and just like that one, uh, you know, last week uh, where they lost it. Uh, who they lose to at home? They lost to, uh, to the Texans. Texans. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Browns. The Browns, where the where the Commanders lost, but the Browns last two You're
9: talking about the Colts, yeah. So he's had back to back years, report, same kind report.
5: of situation. Yes, but I, I, you know, I, I, um, I, I do believe that Frank wanted to keep him in Indianapolis. Like you know, just he had a great year. Let's calm down, you know. And then you know, then all of a sudden the the, the wheels start turning, and and they they end up with Matt Ryan, who's done.
2: Yeah. I just I can't even imagine working for Jim Irsay. I just have he I, seems like such you know, a wild card.
5: I'll just say this. You know, Frank said that both Jim Irsay and his daughter were great people. They supported his foundation. They supported everything you wanted to do within the body of the team and everything else. It wasn't until I think you know losing last year those two games at the end and then getting rid of um, getting rid of uh, Carson Wentz that it just started to go south immediately. Especially when they tied the first game. Uh, was was it at Jacksonville or Houston? I think they tied, and uh, that they got off. Houston to an ugly start. but they were three three and one when they said you got to bench Matt Ryan. He yeah. came down. The owner said it. You have to bench Matt Ryan. They're three three and one, and they benched their quarterback. And then after that, yeah, you're playing apart. Sir, you're playing Sam Eringer against the New England Patriots in New England, and you, and you get shut out.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is why the owner
5: shouldn't be making and the then fire the offense <laughs> coordinator. Then lose the next game at home, fire the coach, and bring in Jeff Saturday. Just idiotic.
9: Speaking (laughs) of firing the offensive coordinator, so Washington fired Scott Turner yesterday, who was just given a three-year extension before the season began.
5: How much dead money is going around in the NFL? Well, well, Frank uh, Frank was given a five-year extension before the season starts. Same thing with Chris Ballard. They both got extensions.
2: Yeah, that's some more serious,
5: serious cash. There. Got four years. He's sitting on. You know, if he wants to work, he wants oh to work. God. If he doesn't want to work, I would think that he wants to
2: work. Which I would, would go to Fiji, out. wouldn't you? I mean, just like spend four years somewhere else. Like
9: more people, more forever. people that get paid not to work. Kevin Durant, Nick head coaches, or
5: guys in the NFL. <laughs> Nick head coaches are number one, right? Because <laughs> Kevin Durant only got one year for not playing. And, yes, so and, I heard. And by the way, Here. he he only was a problem last off season. He had not been a. He'd been everything that you were paying him to be on the court. Wasn't until last offseason where he was demanding trades. You know? Yeah, correct. So, uh,
9: yeah. remember earlier I play. I talked about Ryan Poles. You were talking about that number one pick in the quarterback. Yeah. Here's, here's how it sounded yesterday in terms of what would they do at number one?
5: Would they draft a quarterback? What wouldn't they? Here's the clip.
11: But we're gonna do the same as we've always done. We're gonna evaluate the draft class. And I would say this I'd have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision. In terms a of quarterback. taking quarterback. All
2: right. All right. Well so Yeah, paint yourself in a corner, why don't you? <laughs> well, pretty much. Uh, the Mets
9: lose out on Carlos Correa who goes to the Twins. Six years, two hundred million dollars. Trevor's story for the Red Sox. Is out four to five months with, um, an injury to his elbow needs surgery. So he's out until at least May or June, it looks like. Um, what else? NBA tonight, you got the Knicks taking on the Pacers. Nets are off again. One, uh, from last night was the Jazz beating the Cavaliers 116, 114 in the loss. Donovan Mitchell was back in Utah. He scored 46. Here he was post game.
11: I was really comfortable, I'm not gonna lie to you. It wasn't um, wasn't weird, you know, it wasn't anything. It was just like I'm playing at home like I have been for the past five years and you know, the reception, you know, was phenomenal. I appreciate of it, you know, from everybody. Um, the tribute video was, was was great. Um, but it felt like it's just a typical jazz night.
9: Look at that. Everybody gets a tribute video these days. Uh, so he was pretty good, though, of course. Uh, Sixers beat the Pistons 147-116. Joel Embiid had 36, the triple-double for James Harden. St. John's got a win, much needed. They beat Butler 77-61. You had Seton Hall over Georgetown last night. And yes, Ohio beat Ball State 81-76, uh, as we have discussed all morning. You got Rutgers Northwestern tonight on WCBS 880 at 845 And the Rangers beat the Wild in a shootout 4-3, but it would not have been overtime or a shootout if not for this. 8 out to Goodrow. Rangers moving well, Fox is in! tying goal from philip heatl made it 3-3 rangers win in the shootout 4-3 they trailed 2-0 they trailed 3-2 they kept battling back here is adam fox it was 2-0 but we could add some goals there so uh i didn't want to read too much into the scoreboard but uh battled hard in the second and third and i uh, got a big two points there Yep, good win for the Rangers for sure. Uh, Devils beat the Hurricanes 5-3. Dawson Mercer scores twice, and you had the Stars beat
2: the Islanders in a shootout as well by the score of 2-1. to one. All right, so the Jockeys pick, you mentioned how Ohio won, and yeah. that was a uh, the Jockeys pick last night, and they covered. The Jockeys pick uh, tonight is Utah Valley uh, at Cal Baptist. He's got Cal Baptist plus one and a half. Uh, Al was sent a screenshot from one of the sports betting sites that has now locked that game because too many bets were coming in on it. No kidding. Wow. I can say, because I just checked now, FanDuel Sportsbook still has it up there. So if you're interested in following Eddie the Jockey's picks, FanDuel Sportsbook has it. You just go under Men's basketball, you scroll all the way down to the bottom. It's actually, I think, like the <laughs> third to last one because it's 10 o'clock. There's is only- the number the same, Jay? And the number is the same on FanDuel Sportsbook. It's still plus one and a half. Okay. So, So, yeah. So, go, go and get it there. But there's some books algorithms that have come out and been like, all right, too many people are gambling on this now. We got to lock it and see what the now hell And we're rooting happened. for the Lancers.
5: <laughs> well, That's I mean, right. you know, since FanDuel is a sponsor of this show, I would think that, you know, they're listening to the show and they know how this is happening. It's happening because of Eddie the Jockey from Maryland, not because of anything else.
2: <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll keep an
9: eye on that. Wouldn't oh. you think that's one of those games that when they look at how much money's coming in, oh, this game's got thousands, this this game's got $17 on it, and then all of a sudden, yeah. there come thousands of dollars flooding in.
2: Sure, uh, 100%. Somebody will be like, wow, one of these kids is getting paid to throw this game. Like, yeah. there's point shaving going on. Like, somebody mm. will think that for sure. I mean, but it's not what's it's going not on. What's going on? No, like, it's just <laughs> going on because Eddie the jockey, you know, right? He's our guy
5: <laughs> right now, he's our guy. Just like Youssef is our guy.
2: Well, Youssef's always going to be our guy. I mean, yeah. Youssef could have gone over a hundred in the picks, and he would have been our guy. Eddie the jockey, I'm not so sure. We'll By see.
5: the way, real quickly, Ron and Ardsley, Ron, what's happening? What's up, Ron? Yeah, Boomer Gio, how you guys doing? Good, All yeah. right? Good. What's going on?
12: Listen, in the late '70s, Stevie Carlton, young Stevie Carlton. I don't know if you remember him, Boomer, but he had a big hot streak. Uh, as a jockey and uh, people made a lot of money betting on any horse he was riding and uh I took the liberty of betting on uh, Eddie last night and he came through and I think this is a perfect opportunity for you guys to do some kind of sponsorship where you have uh Youssef
2: the janitor against uh, Eddie the jockey.
5: The jockey versus the janitor. <laughs> I <think> the <laughs> yeah, it is a good that idea. right. I do remember Stevie Kaufman. Uh, of course, you know he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated a couple times.
2: Yeah, Yousef or Eddie the jockey. Get yes. the two of them in studio <laughs> <laughs> one day this winter after the Super Bowl. I Maybe just tremendous. give them the show. Let them do a show for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. <laughs> perfect. Uh, all right, Jerry. We'll talk to you next hour. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Bill Ford Tough Studio. I'm a fan in CBS Sports Network. I was talking to our buddy Mike Flegelman, the overnight producer, also fills in here occasionally and does some talk shows as well, has recorded record a commercial before the show, and he walked in and he goes, Listen, man, I'm sorry with all you're going to have to deal with this week and next week because we all know what's going to happen. And I said, Yeah, no, you're right. You're, I'm, and I appreciate you feeling for me, Flegelman being a Jets fan. doesn't want to hear the Giants fans celebrating for just so... I'm just giving you another example of things that happen off the air where I'm talking to people about how I believe the Vikings are going to lose to prove to everybody out there that I'm not just doing this as some sort of performance art. Like I'm some sort of one man show like John Leguizamo or something. I'm not doing that. I believe they're going to lose. So I said, hey, please. I appreciate that, man. Good looking out. All right. Good well, looking out. I'm trying buddy. to look out for you, too. I'm just trying to help you out. Good looking out. Uh, let's go to Mike and Matuchin. What's going on, Mike? Oh, uh, hi. Hi. Uh, hi. How Mike? are you?
10: Okay.
12: Uh, I'd like to thank Boomer. You're welcome. For having a bad three weeks in a row in the football picks on your Saturday show. Yeah. And I caught the leader. Oh, you did? Yes.
5: Wow. Congratulations. yeah. Uh, Mike and I did not do well the
2: last two weeks. You're right. And listen, I, I, you'd be moving probably into a mansion if you followed the opposite of my picks the beginning of the year. Yes. Like, do you understand that? I was like, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe the 10 games under 500 for the year. So you actually caught Boomer at the exact wrong time because not only did he do well here, even though Jerry ran away with the picks this year, uh, Boomer ended up finishing second and had a good year. You also did really well on CBS. So you caught like the one. Three-week stretch uh, on Boomer's Saturday show to be able to capitalize. So that's like threading a needle. But he won. That's all that matters. That's right. It's all that matters. You yeah, won. Well, Mike. The
12: guy. Yeah, the guy who who normally picks Boomer's picks finished in second. So he still did. He still did well. For <laughs> the this year. Guy did well too. the
5: second. That's all right. Well, I appreciate that, Mike. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for listening. That's even more important, you know. So on CBS NFL today, yeah, we are required to pick every game just on the money line. There's no spread or any of that stuff. So, you know, uh, and we, uh, we all try to pick a, an upset every week as well. So going into week 18, I was 167, 86 and two on the money line. And uh, coach was 156, 97 and two. He and Phil tie- were tied 156, 97 and two. And then Nate was 149,
2: 104 and two. Okay. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's those games are not easy either. Well, this year it was crazy with all the upsets and the insane nature of the league. But uh but yeah, I mean uh just picking winners in the NFL has gotten so harder. The other thing too, Phil picks for inside the NFL as well on Tuesday. I pick
5: on Monday with I mean on Saturday morning with Mike Valenti with the uh with the kickoff show. You meet Jerry and Yusef, too on Friday. I'm like I'm trying to like make sure that I'm Kind of consistent and make sure that I don't change my picks. Right, exactly. Because that would be terrible if someone was like, "Oh, well, Boomer picked the Panthers. No, he didn't. He picked the Falcons. But they may think on CBS, I, you know, like, I'm like i picking the Giants on CBS, but I picked the Commanders here because we're using a number on CBS right. or not.
2: Right, right, exactly. Could be confusing. Yes. Uh, let's go to
3: Josh in Atlantic Beach. What's going on, Josh? Hey, guys, what's going on? What's up, man? We got for us. Well, I have a unique take on the Carlos Correa situation. I think that the Mets, once they saw Correa's physical, they actually did, wanted to back out of the deal immediately. They didn't want, it, want him even for a dollar. But because Steve tweeted about the deal on Twitter, he was in a bad situation, and he was warned by his lawyers that the MLBPA or MLB would come after him and give him a penalty or you know some sort of, some sort of discipline for backing out of this deal. So what Steve did is he kept negotiating with Boris and kept offering Boris terrible, terrible deals with horrible, you know, clauses in the contract that Korea's got to do a physical every year or he's got to have 500 at-bats and, you know, tons of innings in the field. And his goal was to keep Boris on the hook until Boris decided to back out and find another team in order so that he could tell MLBPA in case he's investigated or whatever, hey, I never really backed out of this deal. I... I wanted to close the deal. I still offered the three hundred fifty million dollars. Just I added a couple of you know small clauses, and he kept leaking. Hey, the Mets are close. The Mets are close. We're going to sign him. We're going to sign him. That kept Boris on the hook until the last second. And now Steve Cohen could wash his hands of the deal with zero penalties.
2: Well, do you really think there would be a penalty there, though? When that would be unprecedented, wouldn't it?
3: Well, the MLB warned the owners, you know, I think last year or two years ago, don't, you know, announce contracts before they're fully signed. Well, they never did. Like, he he,
2: never—so he—all right, he gave a quote to John Heyman. So he basically said, like, this this is the missing piece. I hope the fans come out. He did not tweet about the deal. The one thing that he did prior to Correa signing with the Giants was he liked a tweet from a Mets fan that said if Steve Cohen really wanted to go all in, he'd go and get Carlos Correa and, and have him play third base. But he never tweeted it out. And, oh, by the way, the Major League Baseball's Player Players Association, they would have problems with a lot of owners. You know, the Oakland A's owner, Bob Nutting out in Pittsburgh, all these other owners that don't spend money. There's one guy that they're not going to come after is the one who's blowing through the luxury tax, doesn't care about any penalties, and is handing out contracts left and right. He is their golden ticket, so there's no way that they're going to come after him.
3: Yeah, I would also well, listen, say. I'm not saying for sure they were going to come after him or not, but I think he was afraid that there was a risk that someone was going to come after him. And even though Steve Cohen might be popular with the players, he's very unpopular with the owners, so he has to tread lightly over here. And it could be he was, you know, warned by a, a good lawyer that said, "Hey, Steve, you got to clean this up. You can't leave this mess behind you." Uh, I think that's a possibility. I'm not saying for sure. You know, I'm, I'm doing this based on... It's an interesting thought. Twitter.
2: Listen, Josh, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought. It's a different I thought. I it's right out though. on the box, but I, I, I don't believe it went down. I, I think that Steve Cohen really wanted Correa to stay here. That's
5: why they broke the contract up the way they did, to try to protect themselves long-term, probably could not get insurance for it. And, you know, it just turned out that the Twins were willing to go further, uh, with the amount of money that they were going to pay Correa within the first six years of this contract. So and Correa did exactly what you would think anybody would do in that situation. It wasn't $2 million a year. I mean, it was significant. It's a significant amount of money. What's it like? Uh, I would say $37 million difference. Yeah. Right? So, or, for, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's a, that's, a big, that's a big amount of money. So he had to do what he did. But I... I I don't agree with that last caller only because of what you just said. If anybody's pissed off here, it's the other owners in baseball and ain't the players and ain't the MLBPA because they know they can always go to Steve Cohen and they're going
2: to go to Steve Cohen with Shohei Otani. When and, that comes down, right, and when, I, when he gets the biggest contract in the history of baseball, hands down, when he's right. the first $50 million player in baseball. I'm Geo, coming alive from the Built Ford Top Studio on Fan and CBS Sports Network. You
5: know, I I like ESPN. I like their website; it's very good, and they uh, I love the playoff machine. You know, when you're late in the season, you go in there and you can play with the, the schedule and all that other stuff. They came up with a new thing. I, I think this is new this year. I don't remember ever seeing it before. It's called the uh, the NFL Head Coaching Carousel. Let me just do a little mouth trumpet.
7: Why are you
2: doing that? That's because I was into that song. It was just making me happy. Okay. So I before went to the head coaching carousel, I just wanted to. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, they have yes.
5: this head coaching carousel where you put a head coach. And you, you put that coach with a certain team, and then you see whether or not it's a good fit according to the people who are putting this together. Okay. And, you know, see my buddy Frank Reich in there. He's in, you know, and by the way, his his picture, his avatar looks great. Yeah, I
2: know. It's really not a great representation you know, of him, but no, it does it look is. good. That is a great representation. No, it's sort of like, you know, it's it's... I'm not saying Frank's a very good-looking guy. I'm I, know, just but I saying, think that's a really good-looking picture of him. It is. It just they went a little too far. They made him, like, 15 years younger, and he's totally clean-shaven. It's like the way that the CBS Sports Network does our caricatures. Like, I look like Colin Farrell in mine. Eddie looks like Fabio. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's incredible how
5: yeah. But I'm the only cat. It's like these are those are caricatures. Yeah, this is not like this is not like a real caricature. I don't. It's. I See, don't know look at that right
2: there. See, look how good I look at that CBS right. Sports Network caricature. At my head. Yeah, you actually look worse as a caricature, right?
5: But Eddie,
2: me, and Al. Well, Al looks like Jim Carrey in the mask. He does look exactly like that, Lex Luthor or something. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but Al still, I think Al looks like a badass in that thing. Jerry, uh, Jerry, sort of looks like a sleazy lawyer in the caricature, okay. and then your head is just ginormous. And what do you look like, Colin Farrell, the really? actor? Colin yeah, Ferrell? the actor Colin Farrell. That's what I think. Look, I hmm, I don't, I don't know, know, know what you look. I have to um, figure it out. But, but I look. I'll tell you this much: I look much better in that caricature as I do in real life. That's no, I my think, point. I think, I think you're a handsome dude. And look at Eddie. Eddie's got blonde hair as opposed to yes. gray hair. I he mean, looks like he's a surfer. Unbelievable. Right? Yeah, a surfer had to wear or a suit. A little bit a of funeral. John Travolta. Yes yeah, he dropped of,
5: the vault in there. There's a little bit of that as well. Right. But uh anyway, so yes, Frank, right? Yeah, so this coaching carousel is a pretty cool thing. So uh, you know, so you put put the coach in the circle, the main circle, and then you hit the teams below it that are looking for coaches as we speak right now. There may be another one, the Rams. But uh so the Cardinals come up and I say, Okay, is this uh, is this a match according to this uh this ESPN website? And an A minus for the Cardinals. Uh Obviously not the Colts. The Panthers, A minus. Texans, B minus. Broncos, B. And then it goes back to the Cardinals. Then let's say, let's take somebody else. They so take D'Amico Ryans, the um, defense coordinator for the 49ers. Cardinals, C plus. They don't like him for that one. Colts, C. They don't like him for that one. Panthers, B plus. Texans, an A. Well, he's a former Texan player. Yeah. And then, of course, there you go, back to the Broncos with a C again. So that's kind of interesting, I think.
2: Yeah. I mean, do you trust the people that are putting this together? I can see some of their, I, you know, I like the fact that Frank would be in play. I think he'd be more in play in Houston, actually. And just from a life standpoint, and I understand that it's tough for these guys to get away from football.
5: They love it.
2: I know, and I love it, too. And I, I'm just saying, if you're, you're
5: a fan it. who sits on his ass during a week and drinks beers and tequilas and eats jam
2: Right, burgers. right. You're right. I, I'm not denying any of that. That's a totally different conversation than what I'm about to say. He's been in football his entire life. He's getting paid the same amount of money if he coaches or he doesn't coach. To me, at least, because life is fragile.
4: I you hear Al say
2: it all the time. Live, damn it, live! Right, so he, a
5: little inaccurate. Football was not always a part of his life because 10 years after he retired... He had his own ministry ministry down in North Carolina. Yeah. So then he got back into coaching late. Okay. And he started with the Colts. And obviously, he just left for the Colts. But, you know, he played for the Carolina Panthers. um,
2: He's played for the Detroit Lions. He played for the Jets. He played for the Bills. I I would just think with life and mentality and everything else, you know, with... What he went through in that meat grinder of this last year with Jim Ursay. Yeah. If that were me, now we're two totally different people, and he'll do what he wants to do. I'm just saying if that were me, I would take the money that I was making from that organization and go to my wife and say, where do you want to go? I got five places. You got five places. Let's figure it out. Maybe we hit two or three of them. Well, they got a lake house
5: down I think it's in Carolina down there. So, And believe me, his wife... Loves being uh, what being a part of all. I'm this, not saying she you know? does not
2: but she would also love having a year off with her husband you yeah, well, were to go they, and
5: travel. Boy, me, they just had like five months off. They're probably like, ah, oh, get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. And the thing about it is, you know, he's got three grown kids, he's got grandchildren and everything else. I mean, I'm not saying be retired and, forever. Just take a little time. By the way, he's in great shape. I know he's uh, he's about as bright as they come. And you know, he had a winning record under all those extreme circumstances in, in Indianapolis. So I'm sure he'll go in there and wow somebody and get one of these jobs probably.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't just be surprised. Ah uh, man. I'm not I wouldn't be surprised either. I mean, I, I would definitely put him if I were general manager and owner on my short list to interview and to have him come in, without a doubt. I'm just saying I just sometimes when I hear these stories, I'm like, man, just like chill
5: chill, man. You know what's amazing to me? You always got to be careful about what you say and how you say it and when you say it when you're in this world. So Jeff Saturday just came through the five worst games of the year for the Colts. Yeah. And what does he say? He goes, I, I want the job. i like the job. He's going to interview for the job. And things are going to be different around here when I'm here. When I take over. And I'm like, okay, they are?
2: Yeah. If they they are different. Like, they're like, like, much worse than they, they were.
5: I mean, the point being is that, you know... <laughs> Some of the text messages to Frank and everything from his team and all the people that he impacted, the way that Nick Sirianni acted when he was uh, oh, yeah. fired and everything else. got to be really careful about how you say things.
2: Oh, sure. I mean, Jeff Saturday, to me, his playing career is one thing. This experiment here was a total joke, and it wasn't all his fault. I mean, it was Jim Irsay's fault, but this was a joke. And then everybody came to his defense that worked with him, and Pat McAfee, and Ryan Clark, and Dan Orlovsky, all these guys. Oh, don't knock Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday's a football man. Jeff Saturday is. And then all the criticism that everybody had came to fruition. Well, Coach Cowher said, hey, he
5: didn't like the way this happened. Right, because you're basically making a mockery of the coaching industry. Or job, you know, jobs, and uh, by giving it to somebody who's never done it before.
2: Yeah, I mean, and think about this as opposed to earning it, right? And they won that Raiders game that everybody was puffing their chest. Told you, Jeff Saturday. And then what happened? They didn't win a game after that. Would they go oh and seven the rest of the way? Had the biggest collapse in regular season, in the, actually, the history of the NFL period. And then just lost to the worst team in the league at home, <laughs> who was going to have the number one pick and beat them to not have the number one pick. Right. I mean, you couldn't do any worse. You couldn't do any worse than Jeff Saturday did. And maybe losing the Raider game, too. And where's everybody now? Where's the, Where's Dan Orlovsky, Ryan Clark, all these guys that were talking about how great of a hire Jeff Saturday was? Any of them criticizing him now? Not that I've heard. No, I haven't heard a damn thing about that. Well, maybe Jeff Saturday wasn't cut out for this. as <clears throat> they know his ass is gonna be sitting next to him in about three months. Well the interesting thing is is that he basically
5: said, you know, now comes you know, I took over a team that was in a state of turmoil and all this other stuff. You know, things are gonna be different if I get the job. I'm like they were successful. They were successful. Yeah. You know, not I mean, I mean, to the point that obviously the owner thought they should be, but I don't know. It is what it is. It's the NFL. They eat their own. What can I tell you?
2: <laughs> they do. True, I know. Absolutely. Uh, Dan's at a Car- shiv situation. Yeah, a little shiv spot. Uh, Dan and Carteret long time uh, no speak. Dan, what's going on?
13: Hey, how
12: you doing? How what's you doing on? this morning,
2: guys? How, how are you doing, Dan? I mean, I feel like I haven't talked to you in like six weeks or two months or something like that.
12: It definitely hasn't been that long. We uh, we talked right before the holiday when I called up about the uh, the Mets swooping in and stealing Correa with that
2: fishy, fraudulent, corrupt deal. Well, hold on a second. If you think that you are going to now puff your chest out and say you were right about that, you weren't right about it. You thought that something fishy happened like Steve Cohen stole away uh, Carlos Correa from the Giants. You didn't think that there was going to be another medical situation. Be fair about that.
12: Yeah, I, I I'll, be, I'll be fair about it, but hey, my take, my take was wild, but uh, you know, there was definitely some stuff going on. It was bizarre, <laughs> unprecedented, but I was calling to talk more about so much about your pessimism over the Vikings. Yeah. Since I'm a Giants fan, mm-hmm. and instead of puffing my chest about the uh, Correa deal,
2: okay, go ahead.
12: I think. Well, I think you know your pessimism is warranted because of the lifelong suffering of a Vikings fan. So I get it, but I think you your pessimism is attributed to uh, you know the loss that you suffered over the weekend. That's why you came out so hot and negative on Monday and even into Tuesday because you you suffered a great loss. And I think you needed a hug from Boomer or from somebody.
2: Yeah, I got I got a hug from Eddie. You're talking about uh, us losing our twelve and a half year old bulldog Ella. Uh, over the yeah. weekend it was absolutely anybody who knows we had and I talked about over the summer we lost our 17 year old Yorkie five months ago and then Ella 12 and a half years is just absolutely devastating it is the it's the anybody who's ever been through it knows how tough it is you appreciate the good moments you know what's going to happen but God it's just like it's so it's just so freaking sad. But no, I don't think yeah, that had. It's your, it's your, I think it's attributed to your pessimism. No, I don't think so, Dan. I know. I know you're trying to go play psychiatrist here. I don't believe that's it because I've been like this forever. I've been like this prior to even owning a dog. I've been like this before I had. I was married or kids or anything. I've just this is the way I've been. So I, I don't think that that necessarily had anything to do with it. If anything, it would have. It would have taken more passion out of me, and I would have been sad and not even cared about it. Um, that that might have oh. been the effect, but no, I oh, I, I, I think you're, you're wrong there. I think you're wrong.
12: Okay, well, I thought your negativity was over the top, but I mean, the good side of it to look at it is, you know, you lost your bulldog, that stinks, but then the bulldogs came out and stomped all over TCU, and, uh, you know, that, that was kind of, I'm not saying they did that for Ella, but I mean, I was kind sports of a- Sports gods thing, thing.
5: You know, but, yeah, this is a sports gods thing. Yeah, yeah, hey, now, yeah, let me just thing. say one more thing to you, Dan, before I hang up on you. Um, you send me one more childish tweet about the devils and the rangers. I'm going to mute you, and I'm not going to pay attention to you. You're a grown man. Act like it, okay? That was just one That was one tweet I hit you with. When hey, I do you understand that. what I'm saying to you, Dan? Dan, you, you are right at the edge. Right at the edge of getting muted.
12: I understand what you're saying to me. I was having a little fun with
5: you. you no, know, I didn't find it funny. You poke, a lot of, you poke a lot of shots in front of when the Devils lose. No, I, uh, by the way, if you've listened to me this year, I've said nothing but great things about how young and how fast and how good the Devils are. I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. Baby, maybe you haven't heard those. Again, you, you don't hear right. all the positive things that I say and how great hockey is around here now that we have three legitimate teams right now.
12: I do hear, and I know you're a big hockey fan and positive about hockey, but I know from all the years of listening to this show, you poke fun and take shots about the Devils losing. I just had a little fun with you with one tweet.
5: I'm just telling you, you're you're, you're teetering on being muted, okay? I hear you, boom. Okay, let's grow (laughs) up, let's grow up, let's be a man. Let's be a man. Is yes. going to happen
2: now? <laughs> <laughs> tell him to grow up now? through all these years? Like, boomer. I'm like, I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. I mean, well, he's just, the fact that we're all sitting there following him and paying attention to him Let is me just problem. tell you
5: something. I know we are so locked up in the, all this football, and it's going to be great. This weekend's going to be awesome. But th- this hockey season with these three teams around here, man, it's getting heated now, and we're ha- we're at the halfway point. Yeah. And teams are going to be making trades. They're going to be trying to improve their teams. All that stuff's coming up, just like the Knicks and the and the Nets. I mean, with the trade deadline coming up in that sport as well, within a month. I mean, this is, uh,
2: I mean, look, we're lucky because we had two relevant football teams,
5: mostly for the entire season.
2: Yeah. Well, I've already got, if if things do work out the way I expect them to work out yes. on Sunday, where the Giants end up moving on and beating the team I root for in the, on their way to the divisional playoff round. And then I've got two more things that I know will happen. Okay. That will be that the Rangers will beat the Islanders in the playoffs. And then you'll have to sit here and do all your things you would do during that. Right. And then the Brooklyn Nets are going to win the NBA title. There's no way. Those are the three things that are going to happen. <whistles> there it goes. <whistles> Ruin your life. It's all about you. Yeah. There's a Super Z in there with his Ranger jersey. Yeah. Sucking up the booms that thing on. Look at that. He told me someone commandeered his Twitter account, Zach. Really? Told me someone stole his Twitter account. Why?
5: Why would you want to steal that?
2: I don't know. Maybe it was a Chinese bot came in and stole it from him. And he he now had to make a new Twitter account. So maybe somebody needs to call, like, Elon Musk and let him know that, uh... Yeah, we probably should. There's a Chinese bot that took away Zach Martin's Twitter account. Yeah. Why? But now he's got a new one. He wants everybody to know he's got a, he's got a new one. Super Z tweets. Yeah. That's here, <laughs> Al laughing. Super Z. Super Z tweets is was, his new Twitter account. I was inspired by Al for the tweets part. Okay, yeah. Super Z tweets. tweets. That's very good. Al's boring tweets. Figure yeah, you know. Super Z tweets. I we have Eddie Jockey tweets. Right. So Eddie the Eddie the Jockey who made that great pick last night that won people a bunch of money. Now he's over three thousand followers, but the reason why people followed him was because he's given out winners. Now, I'm asking people to follow you. Like, What would they expect on your Super Z's tweet, Twitter account, to actually go and follow you? Very nice tweets. <laughs> Out of bitching and, and complaining. No,
6: no, no bitching and complaining. <laughs> it's no, my no, pledge. Bitching and no, no bitching and complaining.
11: A well, probably, awareness.
6: maybe I'll find a way to... Eddie, do you got the latest uh, promo that I made for Boomer? Those two? Maybe I'll put that in my tweets somehow. That would be good. Oh, yeah. And why don't you play them for... That kind of for, stuff.
11: for uh,
2: If you played audio in your tweets, I thought that would be great. That would
12: be great. When this happens, you talked about it on The Fan. Boomer's not moving. I don't know if he has been knocked
11: unconscious,
12: but he is not moving at all. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always
2: live on the free Odyssey app. Uh, That's pretty good. took your mic back on here, Zach. uh, That was pretty good. And and then the other follow-up. I think it should be more than one tweet. Oh, really? You got another one for us. All right, I'm excited to hear this. Uh, Zach produced these this morning. And uh, Super Z tweets, is this is his new Twitter account, is that he, uh
12: here When this happened, you talked
5: about it on The Fan. Oh,
11: Boomer dead, is he dead? Oh my God,
12: he killed Boomer. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 <laughs> FM, <laughs> and uh, always live yes. on the free Odyssey be. app. Yeah. They would be.
5: Yeah, okay. yeah microphone again. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they would go. be good tweets, so. Yeah. yeah. You're proud of yourself. Yeah, I am, actually. I can <laughs> see you sitting over there all proud, all propped up and everything in your Ranger jersey.
6: Oh, and you're going to love this. The Twitter picture that I have is you and I. No, well, come on. Oh, yeah. No, 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 I don't want oh, that.
5: yeah, no, I want that. No, that's unauthorized use of video. <laughs> no, no, but, I and, want and, that.
6: No, uh, there's no way.
2: Uh, no. Okay. You can't.
5: I don't want to be a part of your Twitter avatar. Come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> By the way. Uh, is that what that's called? Uh, oh, uh, yes. Uh, Eddie uh, Brown, the jockey, now 4,308 followers. All right. He started out with 23 yesterday.
6: That's pretty good.
5: You start putting some stuff up there like that. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to get some followers. Right. Especially
2: if you stay that creative. (laughs) I just can't wait till, like, Zach puts out some ridiculously off-putting, crazy tweet. And then people are going to be like, who is this guy standing next to Boomer Assange in his avatar?
6: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I originally was going to go super ZWF fan. And I thought, no. Uh, maybe not. Right. Just make it... Yeah, be smart. Super be Z smart. Sweets. Uh, super uh, tweets. 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 All right. Super Z Sweets. How do you, super you little... spell Super Z? Is S-U-P-E-R-Z. It... That's tweets. it. Okay. Yeah. How do you spell Super I Z? I didn't know if he had Z-E-E. Oh, no, okay. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Z. He's got a good point. You know? That's true.
2: Yeah. All right. Just want to make sure uh, right. good exactly All right. how it is. You made us laugh there, Zach. Yeah, good job. Good stuff. All right. Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. They, yeah, you know, I found a great new utensil, utensil that I use. A great new utensil, yes, and it's called a milk frother.
5: Have you ever had one of these, Al? Yeah, Gina's a big milk frother. Yeah, I don't use it to froth milk, but I use it to mix my AG1 in the morning, my Metamucil in the morning. Because if you, if you, you do it like with a spoon, there's clumps and sometimes AG1 gets stuck at the bottom of the glass and all that stuff. But when you use the Prother, man, the thing is perfect. It just blends
2: it all together. It
5: is unbelievable. It's like it's changed my life. Just like just the little things in life, you know, keeping AG one from getting clumpy and Metamucil from getting clumpy. (laughs) So I'm telling
2: you, it's great. You just find yourself mixing random things for the hell of it. Simple. I didn't
5: realize how many things I actually mix. Mix a lot. lot. I do mix a
2: lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like, uh, I tried it.
5: I tried it with the Casamigos and lemon. Perfect. You really did? I did. With the frother? Yeah. Did it give you a little foam on the top? It, it actually did. Yeah. Uh, but it, it mixed the drink up perfectly. Wow. wow.
2: Now could you do that? Like it, you can't, just, can't use it like a, with a carbonated something carbonated. Oh yeah, that you wouldn't can't make do. any can't sense. Do that, yeah, would, but people normally use it for like a cappuccino or a yeah. latte or something. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I mean you're mixing all your old guy stuff together. I
4: need to go to the bathroom,
5: but on time, on <laughs> schedule.
2: <laughs> yes. And gee,
5: you say the old
9: man stuff. Think about when Boomer started in 07. Yeah, we weren't talking about metamucil and oh. fiber and. Hi. How about staying stuff. regular,
5: boys? Oh. Staying happy, ah. sleeping good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all about, man. How old <laughs> are you? I'm 61. No, how old are you when you started? Well, uh, what, 55? I mean, I'm 45.
2: No, I'm 45. 45. 45. Wow, man. Where's my pills?
5: Right, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just thought I'd give a little tip to all the folks out there. Get no. yourself a milking frother, and it's awesome to mix stuff with.
2: I, I for sure I thought you would throw out a brand here. I thought that's where we were going.
5: <laughs> I did, like. I, no, I don't know what the brand is. It may be, uh, it may be a Zule, maybe
2: uh, a Zule, a Zule, Zule. What <laughs> made you think
6: even to purchase a frother?
5: I, uh, you know, I just saw it. and I said, you know, I got to have one of those things because I, you know, I drink a lot of coffee, right? <laughs> just and uh, have it. And it just it was not very expensive. It's cheap, kind of. And I said, now is that smaller than the Nutribullet? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a little thing that you hold in your hand, and the bottom of it spins crazily. It's, it's, it's amazing how powerful it
2: is. Mm. So, so, the other night, I was just, we were talking about the WFN YouTube page. Yeah. And we I we have went, a YouTube page? Yeah, we do. Yeah, see, this is what I'm saying. I didn't so know. Nobody knows that. So, we have a YouTube page, and I went to go and I was just going back, like looking at some of the stuff that we did years ago. And then I went, I ended up getting to the COVID stuff, which is just like blows your mind. Like, we're at the height of COVID. And I ended up re-watching the Boomer Cooks thing when you cooked the salmon. Oh, yeah. Remember that? And you had the pasta filler. Yeah, the water coming out of yeah, the, uh, the <laughs> stove, right? <laughs> yes. And then, this is the best part about this, because it just shows you like the have and the have-not situation. <laughs> so you start filling up a pot. No, it's just hanging there. You didn't start filling up a pot. It's just hanging there on the stove. And Bobby Dwyer goes, hey, Booms, dead serious. What's that for? Just in case there's a fire? And then you're like, you're like, no, 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 it's just no. to fill up a, a pot of water like, on, on the stove <laughs> so you don't have to carry, carry it over. Yeah, I
9: have a livid fireman for the, just in case there's fire.
2: <laughs> so then Bobby Dwyer goes, yeah, I don't have one of those. And then Eddie pipes it and he goes, no one in my county has one of those. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is great. Uh, and
5: this come coming from a man that has a wealth management team. That's right, yeah. yeah we yeah,
6: sure yeah. have been wealth partners down in Red Bank. <laughs> right,
7: exactly.
5: <laughs> <laughs> but like I gotta tell you, this frother, by the Way, it's like 13 bucks oh. and it's worth every single penny it may be the most it may be the best bang for your
2: buck al yeah, yeah. so uh win with california back this tonight and then yes, get yourself a frother right, exactly. <laughs> that's our psa this morning all right, mix up your ag1 maybe <laughs> all right jerry what's going on man
9: All right, we are brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. We get to all the football sound we've kind of been through uh, through the course of the morning as we are getting closer and closer to Super Wild Card Weekend, which does feature the Giants and the Vikings, a game that uh, G is very much looking forward to. Mm. That'll be Sunday at 4.40 and here is Julian Love with Tiki and Tierney getting set for the Vikes, who they saw not too long ago.
10: There's a familiarity now, especially that we didn't play them that long ago. uh, And, you know, we did a lot of things right in that game, but we did some key things wrong. Uh, and then it still took a 61-yard field goal to win. You know, there's a confidence right now go into this in this, this playoffs that we can make a run. Uh, starting with Minnesota, of course, got to do that make first. A run. They're oh, talking about in their a run. way. Yeah, that's is right. one
9: of, if not the best wide receiver in the game in Justin Jefferson.
10: He's the guy that makes them go. You watched uh, their last week game, not this week against the Bears, but their last week against uh, the Packers. Yeah. Uh, he's the guy who gets it going. If you address him, uh, then you got to make the other guys play ball and make the other guys try to beat you. But that's, you know, number one priority going to this week.
9: Giants, Vikings on the fan, of course, late Sunday afternoon. One other thing from uh, the Giant world, if you will. Al, we were talking about this earlier that the Panthers want to speak with offensive coordinator Mike Kafka. Well, now the Texans want to speak with him as well a hot name out there for head coaching
2: yeah. agencies, apparently. Really, that doesn't surprise me. And it's not because the Giants have the best offense in the world. It's just the fact that, you know, Brian Dayball and his staff turned this team around. So, and also remember where Kafka came from. The Chiefs.
5: <clears throat> yeah, so you had Andy Reid lineage and all that other stuff. And he's a, he's a young guy, and and he really has had success here. And learning from Brian Dayball, I think, is also the important aspect.
9: Did yeah. I read Boomer the other day? But Andy Reid's been there 10 years already? Yeah goes was quick. Um, Washington did fire offensive coordinator Scott Turner after um, he signed that three-year extension before the season. Now, also this weekend you got the Ravens and Bengals. They just played in Week 18. They're going to play in Cincinnati now uh, this coming Sunday night. What is the deal with the quarterback specifically Lamar Jackson? This is John Harbaugh.
11: Lamar's been in great spirits.
9: I mean, he's he has been. He's been working super hard. He's out there again today. I mean, I don't watch the workouts uh, with the trainers. It's with the trainers and and hopefully, it's progressing to the point where we can get to practice it sometime soon. I mean, that's that's really what we're all hoping for, for sure. Of course, if he doesn't play
5: sometime soon, the season will be over, um, and that'll be the Sunday night game. The Monday well, night the biggest, game is big, the Ka- big, biggest question in that game for the Bengals. Their left guard, Alex Kappa, is not going to play. You know, he was the first guy that they identified in free agency this year, uh, and they got him from the Bucks. And he hurt his ankle in last week's game against the uh, the Ravens. To down two of their offensive linemen. Yeah,
9: their former—I forget the kid's name—the the
5: tackle they signed from the Cowboys has been out too. Yeah, see Collins just, Collins is out. He's done. Lael Collins, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but the kid that came in for him, Denage, he was on the team last year. He was playing guard last year and he, he was a tackle in college and he had a he had a really good game going against buffalo and had a good game this past week against baltimore is cap out for just this <clears throat> game or the rest of the playoffs he's got a bad ankle i don't i think it's a high ankle oh sprint. geez that's weeks yeah, yeah. right so it be. that that that's a big loss for them but you know they have a guy on the squad that have been there so it's the next man up mentality and the quarterback's got to handle it cowboys bucks on monday night here is one deck press and he scrapped the dick um
9: what? <laughs> that was early this morning. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of jumbled the words together by mistake. Yeah. His name is Dak. His name is not Dick or Richard or anything of that nature. Here is Dak.
11: We've well, we got the right guys in this walk. locker room that, that understand that are mature men that understand that nobody played their best ball. Simple as that. Uh, and so, um, but to be accountable, um, starting with myself, be accountable for, for what, what you put out there, what you did. Um, and then from that. Um, understanding that that's not who we are and then moving on and knowing what, what we've got ahead of us and it's one play at a time the uh, the intensity, the focus, all that one play at a time, one game at a time
9: Alright, we'll see, see if they can do it the Cowboys haven't beaten uh, Tom Brady yet, they're 0-7 against them, which also begs the question of the coach, uh, Mike McCarthy, 12 wins again, but if they lose in Tampa is his job on the line, Jerry Jones
4: No, just uh, I don't even want to, uh, no uh, and that's it. I don't need to go into all the pluses or minuses, but uh, uh, we're not seeing any. We're not uh, basing. I've got uh, a lot more to evaluate Mike McCarthy on than this playoff game. Balls.
7: <laughs>
5: you know, <laughs> well, why you you watching some of these uh, low lights from the Cowboys game against the Commanders, you know, it just makes me. You know, Dak was off. Zach was terrible. He had guys wide open that he passed up to try to force the ball down the field to. He yep. was a little inaccurate. And he did have CeeDee Lamb open for a touchdown. And he overthrew him. He just had a bad game.
9: It was maybe also it, another one of these games where they ran for about five yards. Right. Yeah. And that's never good. When you played, did you ever have one of those games, Bengals, Cardinals, well, Jets, surely, where you were just games. completely terrible on the road? Oh, yeah. Where maybe the owner came and said, we spent a fortune on you pigs this weekend. And this is <laughs> no, what you no,
5: do? No, 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 no. 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 So, no. Anytime I went to the Houston Astro, Astrodome was awful. Awful. And that was like the worst turf, right? Oh, God. Place was a dump. Carpet over concrete. A- used to get our asses kicked in there every single time. Terrible. Oh, unbelievable. One other one from football. Just Sean mcveigh
9: on his future because it's right now in doubt. He could walk away, could stay. We'll see. This was mcveigh
2: yesterday. There's a lot of layers to this. Um, there's a lot of people that it does affect that I don't take lightly and want to be mindful of. And so. I'm going to take the next couple of days um, to really be able to kind of reflect, obviously, a lot of conversations with various people um, that will dictate and determine um, the decision that's best for me, my family, um,
9: the Rams, and a lot of people, and that's kind of where we're at with that. Within a couple of days, supposedly, he'll make a decision on what he is going to do. NBA tonight, the Knicks back in action. They play the Pacers. Last night, you had Donovan Mitchell back in Utah, but the Cavaliers did lose 116-114. He had 46 in the loss. Uh, St. John's beat Butler 77-61, Seton Hall over Georgetown 66-51. The um, Eddie Brown special was Ohio over Ball State by five. Tonight, it's Christian, what is it, California Baptist? Yeah, California Baptist, I believe, right? Is that it? California Baptist against the Lancers. The The Lancers. And they're getting or giving points? Remind me. Uh, They are plus one and a half. Plus one and a half. All right, well, we will see. And tonight, Rutgers takes on Northwestern out here near Chicago on WCBS 880 at 845 p.m. Did you see, I know this is sports sort of, did you see that Vince McMahon came back to the WWE and promptly sold it to the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund?
5: Yeah. Yeah, what, they, don't care. they just want money. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care about anything. That's <laughs> about right. Anything. Sports washing, <laughs> once again, or, sport, or sports, I should say, I guess, entertainment washing in this case. But yeah, same same people that are uh, underwriting Is it the same people? Golf.
6: Yes. No kidding. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so right yeah. Some people are calling that fake news. <laughs> really? I'm seeing that uh on various uh, people on Twitter saying that that is not true.
9: Oh, really, cuz it's everywhere.
6: Yeah. Interesting.
9: All right. Well, I what said this fake news said.
6: See. The guy who originally tweeted it took the tweet down. He
5: did. Really? Mm-hmm. I see what okay. St- that is uh Stephanie McMahon has resigned from the WWE. Correct. And so one article
9: I read was when Vince decided to come back, she resigned. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. I know it's not sports, but I thought that was interesting anyway. Uh, Rangers beat the Wild in a shootout 4-3. They come back from 2 nothing down. Philip Heedle, the game-tying goal in the third. Uh, Devils win. They beat the Hurricanes 5-3. And the Stars beat the Islanders last night in a shootout by the score of two to one. Time now for Moment of the Day, brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila, brought to you by those who drink it. No! <laughs> yeah, so the last couple of days, a lot of conversation with Eddie the Jockey for sure, and why not? He went from 23 followers to over at what, 4,000 now, yeah, right? G? Yeah, like, like 4,300. So he came through with Ohio last night. Today he's given us California Baptist, and you were talking to him earlier today, and so the conversation
2: ended, and you continued on discussing him. You are a, a wealth of entertainment and knowledge, Edward <laughs> and Brown. I have a
15: lot more than a good like that, all
2: All right, all right, all well, will save it for next time. Yeah, we'll save it for next time. Yeah. The Utah Valley Wolverines and the Cal Baptist Lancers. So let's Eddie go, said Ed, uh,
5: Eddie. Said Lancers this morning uh, in that call. Okay. The, the other, other yeah, yeah, I, might, yeah. I
2: might have missed it. Yeah. <laughs> the Lancers on my phone. He's got that <laughs> an accent, that deep Maryland accent. I know. Now <laughs> I can make bets from home on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's great fun. with FanDuel home. I can stay home with my phone, <laughs> Boomer. <laughs> you make bets from your home on your phone, Boomer. <laughs> Remember racing that donkey? Donkey! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Moment of the day. Oh, Eddie, man, I tell you, if he goes two for two, the legend is going to grow. This hey, he's 11-0,
9: right? In his last 11?
2: He's 11-0 in his last 11. If you go back at his Twitter account, it actually checks out. So last night is the only time people are actually paying attention to him. Now even more people are paying attention to him. By himself.
9: the way, not right that people were getting on him at
2: halftime either. Right. That was ridiculous. I mean, if you've ever placed a wager in your life, I mean, you got to wait it out. Especially basketball. Yeah, and college basketball. You know, the fact that he called in
5: yesterday and and told that story, and then we had him on. We were talking about, you know, his gambling and all that stuff. There's nothing nefarious about him trying to become famous by coming on with us. Right.
2: We we made him famous accidentally. Exactly. He just wanted to talk about if he remembered racing a donkey. Exactly. And he, he would have been happy if the conversation ended right there. I asked him, what have you done in your retirement from being a jockey? And then he went on to say what he said. And now we open the sewer pit of social media to him. That's and right. And he gets attacked for no reason. Right. Look down on my phone. Everybody's calling me an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> All I want to do is stay home. Right. Don't want to leave the house, boomer. Mm. And you think I was kidding about
5: that frother, one of my buddies said. Changes life with his mural axe. Yeah. Nobody thought <laughs> you were kidding
2: about <laughs> <with> your frother. <laughs> we were all believed you with your mural. No, I know you believe
5: me, but yeah. how it changes your life, I'm telling you, you gotta get yourself I'll buy you guys all one.
2: How's that? <laughs> Great, awesome. Thanks. Hi, former Geo, I'm the fan and CBS Sports Network. So the Golden Globes were last night and Nobody watches this stuff anymore. I hope nobody watches it. Certainly nobody in our audience watches this anymore. It's just a bunch of celebrities licking each other back and forth the entire night and how great everybody is and blah, blah, blah. And, and this isn't uh, politically correct enough, but this is more political. And this is where i got to shut the thing down because this person... But this morning, I went on looking at the websites and everything, and I saw something that had popped up that seemed interesting to me. So the guy who won for Best Actor in a Movie was this guy named Austin Butler. Austin Butler played Elvis in this Elvis movie. And people are going, is this his real voice? Austin Butler stuns audience with voice when he accepts the award. So I, like, I went and I listened to it, and it kind of had a point. So he gets up there, and he accepts the award, and he, he kind of still sounds like Elvis. Maybe he's still in character. Maybe. So Sometimes those guys go deep into character, and they can never get out of it. Right, so it's, a, it's like a long speech. We'll pl- just play the beginning of it, of him accepting this award. You tell me if he's putting on a voice or this is actually how he talks.
4: My boy, my boy.
10: Woo! God. Oh, man. All oh, my words are leaving me. Um, I, I just am so grateful right now. I'm in this room full of my heroes. Brad, I love you. Quinn I printed out the Pulp Fiction script when I was 12. I cannot believe I'm here right now. Um, I just want to thank the Hollywood Foreign Press for this honor. I want to also say to my fellow nominees, you have turned in the most beautiful, profound work. And I am so honored and proud to be listed among you. I owe this to a bold, visionary filmmaker.
12: All right, stop. All right, enough. And
5: also, you ain't nothing
4: but a hound dog.
12: <laughs> like, if
5: he broke into that, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I didn't I didn't see it. So, when you watch the video, is he have the mannerisms of no. that he had in the movie? No, he's just up there going, oh, man. Maybe that's how he
2: talks. I don't know. <laughs> I mean... Maybe. That can't be how he talks in 2023. How old is this guy? He's got to be in his 20s. You meet a, ever meet a 20 year old? He goes, oh hey, Boomer, I'll tell you're my hero. Oh, Heartbreak Hotel.
5: Maybe Nobody talks like maybe that. Maybe he's still in character, or is there some of some of the character left over in him? You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, these guys, they get when they go into these 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 types of roles, you know, for six months. They are that person. They have to live as that person and act like that person. Okay, how long ago was that that he filmed it? I mean, the thing... And how long did
2: did it take to film it? But that's not a good enough excuse. If this guy is still in character from doing the Elvis movie from whatever, it's probably two years ago now that he he filmed it then that's a serious psychological issue that needs to be checked out. Yeah, well, that's like, why most of them have psychological issues. <laughs> him going, oh, thank you the Hollywood Foreign Press. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's insane. I mean, it's absolutely insane. It's 31, so I thought he was a little bit younger and than that it's,
5: that, it's a little bit creepy and a little bit uncomfortable, to say the least. But what I found to be more uncomfortable about all of that, it felt like it was disingenuous. Because he was doing it in that voice, and that's it. Kind of like when you put it together, and yeah. like, again, like I didn't see the video, so I'm, I'm going by what I'm hearing. Yeah, and the way that he's pointing out Brad Pitt and Quentin Tarantino, yeah, everything else sounds like he's sucking up to everybody. Well, it's, it's exactly what he was doing. Well, yeah. Well, all right, but made, but as Elvis, <laughs> oh, no, that's what's that's kind of what's creepy
2: about. I mean, it. this this would be like if Tom Hanks accepted the Oscar for Forrest Gump. As Forrest, and Gump. he went up there and was like, my mama said. <laughs> <laughs> that these Oscars are like a box of chocolates. You mm. never know what you're gonna get. Like I <laughs> mean it would be ridiculous. So I don't know. That I was know. very strange to me. Absolutely bizarre. But you do agree that like these method
5: actors go into character and it's really hard. I would imagine in their life, when they're ready for a big role, um Well, who is it the guy um guy who did Lincoln. Daniel
2: Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis, yes. He like like uh gangs of New York. Right. Like he has to be in character the entire time, people say. Well, oh, so Tom, I'm,
5: Tom, uh, Tom
2: Cruise for uh, Top Gun. But Tom Cruise plays the same guy in every movie. You know what I'm saying? It's just uh, okay, like, they, I'm sorry.
6: They said uh, Jim Carrey did that when he did the Andy Kaufman movie. That's right. walking
2: around as Andy Kaufman all the time. Which had to yeah. be just really frustrating because Andy Kaufman was someone who liked to get under people's skin and did crazy stuff. and would be like, all right, enough. <laughs> you know, stop banging on the bongos. Stop hanging upside down. Like, chill. We're on could our you, lunch break. You imagine the
5: people in his life? Well, not, not
2: just the people on the movie set, but the people in his life. I mean, if he had any people in his life. I mean, I suppose it's like I shouldn't be judging it because these guys are so good at what they do, yeah. but I mean, you thought he deserved an award for that, didn't you? I didn't see the Elvis movie. Oh, you didn't say that I mean good. Elvis is one of those guys, no disrespect to the Elvis fans out there that I had never had a single bit of interest in, like trying to figure out, like when I'm trying to learn about music and sure. rock and all that stuff. Yeah. Elvis was just not one of those guys I cared about. I was a generation that grew up on the Elvis movies. Oh, really? Oh yeah,
5: right in the you know the sweet spot. Oh, <sighs> Sounds horrible. horrible. It's like well, his manager, you know, just led him the wrong way the whole way.
12: Right, who Tom
2: Hanks played, I guess, yes, in that movie. Yes, and he was big, great in that. He was great big in that. dude, right? So uh, let's see. So Lee Eisenhauer, our buddy from Casamigos, said his his girlfriend is Kia Gerber, who is the daughter of supermodel. Cindy Crawford, Cindy Crawford yeah. and Randy Gerber of Casamigos. Oh, well, there you go. So why'd you ask Lee? Is this the way he talks when you're around them? Right. That's I'm, I'm going to ask. Well, he's listening right now, so uh, you I just asked him.
5: So. I don't
2: mean, does he or does? Oh, uh, if I were Lee Heinsdeler and, and this guy walked into my house, like, oh, Mr. Heinsdeler, <laughs> I love what you do with Casamigos. I love your chicken. Oh man, you got a goat walking around your house. <laughs> Oh, baby. (laughs) And you're telling me you started Jägermeister? A long, a two, a long, I'd shoot him, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me, kid? Shut up! You got a goat walking around your house. Are you nuts? I I just, I don't, like that guy has to be in Hollywood because if he were on the East Coast somewhere, he would get the you-know-what kicked out of them yes, immediately. Was, yes, that's why they do
5: that stuff out there as opposed to here.
2: I know. I know, seriously. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Oh, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, but we're in G. out Pulp Fiction when I was 12 years old. When I was 12 years old, Brad Pitt. Oh, give me some skin there, Brad Pitt. <laughs> Little high five, low five. Bro <laughs> hug. Uh, a one, a two.
1: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for
2: everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports
3: clock at four Doncic. the step back three you bet music you said my world
7: on fire. Yes, oh.
1: and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on tune in go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening